What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go for beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. we are up there welcome in everybody Derek Gunn Rob Ellis hanging with you on this July 12th hope you're doing great out there Gunner what's going on in your in your world my man Robbie E how you doing my brother first of all I'm good I, I like the shirt let me give me a, give me a little uh Yoda like wait stand up a little bit Yoda best dad ah very cool very cool I like it I what like Kirk Cousins say you like that you like that <laughs> you like that yeah I like it man that's awesome so what's you know, good? Yeah, what's wanna, good in the in, in the in the D gun hood? What's happening? Why do we have these guilt trips when we put our dogs in kennels? I don't oh, understand no. it. Uh oh, you had oh that's right because you're going away. Yeah, oh, today was the drop off. Oof, that's never a fun day, man. So 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 after the show today, the family and I were heading down to the Delaware beaches. Friend of ours lets us use one of one of their beach houses, you know, every summer, and so. You got to take the dogs to the kennel. So every time, now these are two short-haired dogs. The, 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 the one dog is part dachshund, part beagle. No, part dachshund, part beagle. I don't know what the heck this dog is. And the other one is a, is a oversized chihuahua, a 12, 13-pound okay. chihuahua. As soon as they get in the car, every time I put them in the car, because I'm usually the one stuck every year taking them to get their shots and yep. all this stuff. You're the and bad guy. The one, yeah. yeah, and I'm always the one that's stuck taking them uh, to put in the kennels, you know, we use two different kennels, you know, especially in the summer, you know, they, they fill up so fast because everybody's on vacation. So these two dogs get in my car, they're shaking like leaves the whole oh, time. No. And, and the chihuahua's yelping this piercing yelp, yelp the whole ride, like you're trying to kill him, you know? And so we get there, my whole car is just covered in hair. So I got to vac- shop back my car. Right. Right. Um, 
I get usually I get the dogs out first because that's the that's the big one. So yeah. the, kennel, the kennel we're using this time we we don't use it as much as the one who's closer to us. So I get them in there now. Now the one that's part beagle and dachshund. I have to carry him because it's a struggle in the parking lot. As soon as he gets out of the car, he's looking to take off and, and shaking right and, shaking and run across the street. Yep. The Chihuahua knows the Chihuahua smart enough to know. Uh oh, this ain't good. He yelps all the way in. So uh-huh. we get into place. And I'm trying to check him in, and the guy and the lady are really nice. And the lady walks up to the Chihuahua, and he's, she's trying to calm him and pass it. Miss, be careful. You know the story about Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are very unpredictable dogs. Yep. And he goes into growling mode. And I'm like, he never does this. He hunches down and goes into growling mode. And my wife says it's because – now, this has been going on for like the last year or so. Whenever he's sitting on my lap, and anybody tries to get close to me, even family members, he'll growl at them. And in some cases, try to reach out and nip them. And we're like, and my wife likes, why is he trying to protect you all of a sudden? Yeah, I don't know. So he goes into growl mode. Meanwhile, the the uh, the other one, the beagle dox is trying to escape out a side door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the guy says, hey, can you step outside? Uh, because maybe that will calm them down. So I go outside the door and I'm, I'm peeking in. And um, sure enough, once I left, they turned and went right to the kennel. I'm like, what the heck? And but they stand there looking at you like, don't leave me, don't abandon me. Don't and I'm like, you feel like a heel. Could you feel like you're you're just getting rid of one of your children, you know? <laughs> it's it is the worst. So I we had to do it years ago and we tried out a, a new place uh for the first time, right? And uh, you know, yeah, same thing. And this, we had a big yellow lab who was like a hundred pounds. So I wasn't, this wasn't one of these deals where I'm carrying, carrying him in. Like it was just kind of like, I'm trying to get him in there. He knew, you know, he knew what was going on and he's shaking and he's resisting and you know, the whole thing. You try not to hurt the dog, but you got to get the dog in there. Yes. And you know, and they're like, oh, it's going to be fine. This and that, you you know, and they're like, I'm like, oh God, I, you go out of there. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like the first time I, I dropped the kids off at like pre-K. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and like the, the, I have, so my daughter who's the youngest was just like, I'm good, whatever later. <laughs> my son who was the oldest was like, didn't want me to leave, like hanging on my leg. You know what I mean? So I had all those same feelings came back and you're like, Oh my God. Like I'm driving home. Like, am I like the worst person in the world? <laughs> it is a total mind bleep that, that you oh, have good. to go through it is yeah. not fun and the cost oh my goodness yeah oh, 45 bucks oh. 45 it used to be 25 this place is 45 bucks a day per dog yep and they're in the same they're in the same uh, crate not crate the same fence there you know individual fence there yeah. they're in it together i say i can't get a family discount because they're in the same one yeah 45 90 bucks a day just to house a dog and then you bring your own food with them and you got to give them instructions and do they have this shot you got to print out the shot chart make sure they have mm-hmm. the shot chart because if they don't have, when when did, when did this kennel cough now for the last six seven years they don't take dogs now unless your dog has had a kennel cough shot oh is that see i haven't done it in a while that's oh. a new thing to me oh, okay oh. so you had to get that too Oh yeah, you got to make well. It's bad enough. You got to make sure they have their annual shots, the rabies, the influenza, all oh, that. God. It's cheaper That's not to go cool. on vacation. Just stay home yes. instead of everything you have to pay here. This yes. is crazy. I'm wow. thinking. I got to bring a shot chart. You got to get food. You got to give the instructions for the food. You got to tell them the portions of the food. You know, and then on top of that, you got to pay for this. Basically, for them to stick your dog, and and I have to give them instructions about the beagle. I said he can't mix with other dogs. 
because he attacks other dogs. He he loves people, but he'll go after any dog that's bigger than him because he thinks he's a timber wolf or something. <laughs> yeah, the Chihuahua, the Chihuahua hey, just be careful who you approach the Chihuahua very slowly. Give right. him a treatment. I'm just like therapy, man, for dogs. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's rough. That, it is. It's, it, nothing's easy, man. You know, nothing is easy anymore. And, and my whole car is covered in hair. I got to shop back my car now before I can leave. Oh yeah. If you're, if you're, if you even crack the window, you got hairs just flying to your face as you're trying to try. But see, these little fine, because they're both short hair dogs. They're like little, they're like little Velcro. Needles. They're tough to get off. You got to really like dig in with the, yeah. With yes. the hose. Yeah. When you, yeah, I know. I know. And I got to use a, I, I got to use a lint brush and a shop vac. To clean yeah. my car before I can go. <laughs> why do we? Why do you have pets again? Like for what reason? I have pets because my son duped us. Okay, he duped us. He got this Chihuahua eight years ago yeah. because he claimed he was going to give it to a former girlfriend as a pet, as a birthday gift. Gotcha. And I told my wife, I said he's lying. He's lying. <laughs> so sure enough, I go downstairs. He's hugging his dog, and I'm looking at my wife. And the two ladies that dropped the dog off and telling us, you know, the dog's name was Yobi already. He was eight months old when she got him from a pet store. And she's an RN and she couldn't keep him anymore because she works at night, sleeps during the day. And Chihuahuas like to move around. Yeah, yeah. I looked at my wife and I told her, I said, that dog ain't leaving here. So when when everybody left, I, I asked my son, I said, uh, when are you giving them to uh, your girlfriend? Huh? When are you giving the dog to your girlfriend? Nope. Oh, she can't have dog. I said, so who's keeping a dog? Well, you know, I've always wanted a white chihuahua, Dad. Here we go. Okay. Then a year later, my wife is a part of this also. They decided that Yobi needed a playmate. Oh, God. So if you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, they have this, it's a kennel in South Carolina, and they rescue puppy litters, cat litters. They put their faces individually on their Facebook page. Um, It's called Paws, Claws, and Purrs or something like that. And they sell them individually all up and down the East Coast, right? So my son comes across this cute little black and brown beagle-looking thing and uh, makes an arrangement with the lady to meet her at the rest stop down at the Delaware State Line. She travels up and down the East Coast as a nonprofit organization. She she only makes enough money to break even because her place houses so many dogs and kitten litters. And, you know, she charges you for her, her gas tolls, stuff like this. So, th- so then we get this puppy. As he grows, we find out we don't know what he is. I'm thinking beagle. She, people think dachshund is a combination of the two. Come to find out, this dog does not like other dogs other than the one that lives here because that dog was here first. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been. Let's just say it's been fun ever since for the last seven years. Okay, well there you go. I mean, I I'm I'm pretty lucky in that ours is pretty low maintenance, but I've had some high maintenance dogs, that's for sure. By the way, what's up, everybody? What's up, Chris? What's up, Steve? What's up, JM? Fitness Rebel, what is up, Mr. Taz? Uh, Jim G, uh, Robert, everybody I missed. I apologize. Uh, as as like I said, it goes fast and furious there on the chat section chain. If you see anybody, Derek, we missed, feel free to give them a shout out. We appreciate you guys. Huh? I said, okay. I said, yeah. I'm looking, I think you covered it pretty well. All right. All right. Good, good. Uh, so a couple things. One, all-star game last night, very good representation from the Phillies. You had the National League winning. So Rob Thompson was the manager. They haven't won an all-star game, the NL, since 2012. Yep. Okay, first off. Craig Kimber gets the save. He locks it down. He's 14 for 14 in the regular season, and he gets one last night. 
And Nick Castellanos gets a walk and a hit, ends up scoring what turned out to be the game-tying run on the two-run home run. So Phillies did all right last night and the NL won. So there you go. Good good work out of uh, out of the Phil squad. It took Kimbrell 30 pitches to get it done, but he finally got it done. I think he was you know, one more away. If he had one more walk, he would have yanked him, I think. You think so? Okay. Here's some interesting, uh, uh, you know, for baseball fans out there, I saw this on Twitter. I said, interesting. The National League won the All-Star game for the first time since 2012 win in 2012. Bryce Harper and Mike Trout appeared in their first All-Star game. Derek Jeter led the league in hits at the age of 38. There were three perfect games that year, Humber, Kane, and Hernandez. Gio Gonzalez led the league in wins with 21. And Carlos Correa was first in the draft. Mm -hmm. Those are some tidbits that happened in 2012. Good work. Yeah, it's been been a minute. You know, that's for sure. But nonetheless, a uh, very good night for there. It was fine. It was the only thing I didn't like, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the players being mic'd up, right? I like them yeah. when they do that. I think it's cool. I, I think you're asking a lot of a pitcher to mic him up. Yeah, that was weird. That's really, I mean, the guy's in his stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's good, guys. And then he throws a pitch. Like most of the guys who were mic'd up had a tough time with their, either their control or just giving up hits and whatnot. Like, I, and I credit to the players for trying to be accommodating yeah. and bring the fans yeah. into the moment and all that. Like Hader was one who was mic'd up and Yavaldi, yep. but like, that's hard, man. Like it's an outfielder's different, you know, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind it, but yeah, I, I think yeah. you're really, you're putting a lot on those guys. I, I will say I'll give kudos to major league baseball for trying to give you a Agreed. different perspective. Yep. I, I'll go that. I'll go that far. I mean, if you think about it now, um, during certain games in a regular season, they'll go to a manager in the dugout during a game, mic'd yep. up, yep. and talk to the manager during a game. You know, I, I like that perspective, but from a player, if I was a pitcher, I'd be like ticked off. You, and, you know, sometimes they say, huh? I'm sorry, what did you say? Because yep. they're focused on, you know, getting a signal from the catcher or you're trying to hone in. I mean, you're right. They were good guys about it. What did you think about the uniform selection? Awful. For both Awful. Awful. The I didn't like the most. I didn't yeah. like them even a little bit. Yeah, National League looked like they had softball uniforms on. They were so bland and blah. Like, I didn't like them at all. I I, I, I want to go back to the days when they just wore their jerseys. Yes. They wore their yes. uniforms. Yeah, that's what I want to go back to. Um, I I get it. It's another thing for baseball to sell. I, I, I know why it's happening and why yes. it will continue yes. to happen. But if you're going to do that, at least do better than those, like, it was like the, the, you're right. The NL was like dark and dank and yeah, yeah, it was like cheap looking. No, I know. Yeah. Like make them really like the AL was more sort of Seattle Mariner based. Yeah, yes. But but figure it out for both teams. Um, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like them at all uh, at all. But I will say this though, the game was entertaining. It was. It was a fun. It was and it it felt like it moved pretty quick. Yeah. Um, all things considered. And, I, I, like I like the baseball All Star game. It's not. Yeah, I, do, am I locked in on every pitch? No, but I like it. And the game started off with a bang. There were two great catches to start yeah, the game. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. When you take into consideration that the you know, NFL Pro Bowl was a joke to the point that done they've done away with it now. Yeah, yeah. The NBA All Star game is basically playground basketball. I mean, it's like I mean, come on, one seventy nine or one seventy six. I mean, after a while, it's not even fun to watch. After the first quarter, it's not even fun to watch. Yeah. Hockey's nothing but a shootout. Yep. You know, um, at least there is some competitiveness to Major League Baseball's All Star game. Yeah, I thought that game went for a three-two All Star game. It was a pretty good game. Pitches, hits, timely hits, 
good defensive plays. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty good, well played game. That's what I mean. Like I think you get, I think you get pretty much max effort. I, I'm not telling you it's exactly like it would be in a playoff game, but I think right. those guys are trying out there. I mean, the, both of those catches, the guys pretty much went up against the wall to make those catches. And I think everybody at the plates tried. Like it, it, you get the most effort from any of the sports, I think. Yes, throughout the, the baseball, yes. For whatever it's worth. Um, all right, so that was that was pretty cool. A couple other odds and ends here. Um, did you see that the the Bucks are going back to the creamsicle uh, old school? You don't like it? I like it. I like it, man. You don't like the pirate with the with the dagger think, in his mouth? I think those were some of the ugliest uniforms <laughs> in the history of pro football. I like them, man. I, I'm curious to people I, I, in the chat, like or dislike the creamsicle? Where are you? I, hate them, I hated them things when they were their regular uniforms back in the day. I hate <laughs> them even more so now. When you look at the color schemes that teams are coming up with now and enhancing their logos, now that's sharp. Yeah, There's just some things you just need to leave buried. And those creamsicle uniforms you know, you should bury them, put concrete over them so that they never resurrect again. I'm just saying those things are ugly. All right. Yeah, all right. James says gaudy. Mr. Taz says ugly. So See? far. See? See? I'm in the minority. I know. I want to hear what more people think about these. Yeah, yeah. Jump in. Jump in. Green so sickle we, uniform. We also know you the like Eagles. The, are you like the swashbuckler helmet? I that, do. I, I do. Now, I don't think they're doing it. I think they're, they're using those like the Eagles are going to use the Kelly Green. You're going to get them a couple times. I don't think they're going back to that full time. Um. Yeah, Jim G doesn't like it. JM doesn't like it. Mr. Taz doesn't like it. Christy says hideous. <laughs> see, I, I'm I'm gonna you know I'm going to commit a sin right now, and I'm going to tick off Eagles fans. Who is this vulnerable vi- vi- vitality? Sorry, D. Gunn. Thank you. No, they're not. Thank no, they're you, not. vulnerable. Take that down. I don't even want to see Thank that. Thank you. That all right, I'll give you all the rest of them. Christy, hideous. <laughs> yeah, uh, I Mr. Taz, ugly, uh, uh, gaudy JM. So you're you're yeah. getting most. Uh, oh, here we go. Hate the old patch uniform. See, I like Thank the you. old white and Thank red. That too. I don't know, man. I think yeah. I have a thing for the older uniform. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take off Eagles fans because I've I've said this from day one. Yeah, and some people are with me. Some most people are like D Gun, a sacrilegious. I'm not a fan of the Eagles Kelly Green uniform. <laughs> I'm like not. Somebody- Puked up orange shirt. Thank you, Eagles fan. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a great. That's great. See, I, I let me put it this way. I like the Kelly Green, but I most yeah. Eagles fans are obsessed with it. I'm not. I don't fall yeah. into the obsession yeah. thing. I, I, it's, it's fine. Like I, I like the Eagles uniforms. Period. I don't. I, we talked about this before. I like the black. I, I like. I, I'm, I'm good with the white or the green. I, I'm good with any of them. I, I like their, their, their regular uniforms. See, you can see tone. I love the cream sickle. I love you. See, Tone. Thank you. you know, Tone. You're too young to understand the history. You're just too young. Tone. What's my excuse? <laughs> you're, you're you're just senile. <laughs> I'm just colorblind. <laughs> I hate those puke. I hate those puke looking creams. Oh my goodness. Well, That's blasphemous. <laughs> I will say most people agree with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eagles fan, I don't like the Eagles fight song. <laughs> there we go. Fitness Rebel. We aren't a fan of his barbecue, but that doesn't uh he doesn't share with us. So wow. that's the, see Fitness Rebels getting a little shot in there. I like oh, it. Go oh, because I don't like the Kelly Green Fitness Rebel. Oh, taking a shot Good. at Dean That's right. Good job, Fitness Rebel. Fitness uh, Rebel, guess what? When we do when we do the chat room barbecue one day, you're not invited. <laughs> 
you're you're out. Uh, you're she's out. my guest. Then no, no, no. Your 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 plus one will be minus her. her we'll stand. We'll, we'll be on the other side of the fence, just having our own little little bar. Yeah, yeah, we'll throw some sauce over the fence. Thank you. Get you. no, no smoke meat. At least no. a couple hot dogs or some chips. No, like no, no, no. We gonna, don't even get that. Okay. She's she's gonna attack me because I'm not a fan of the Kelly Green. Talking about nobody likes Dean's bar. You know what? You just got jettison right oh, out of the barbecue. Gunner, play. angry gunner. I like it. Retaliatory gunner. <laughs> um, oh, but did you? I forgot to mention this. Did you know the? I didn't know this until I read it today. Uh, yeah, she's Fitness Rebel. You are my plus one. That is correct. Um, no, she's your minus one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the baseball all star game is in Philly in 2026. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know it either. So that's pretty now, cool. Let me, let me ask you this If you could, would you go? Yes, I, I I would I would enjoy that. I, I've never been to an All Star game. I've never been to one, so I would do that. Yeah, I find that, that really cool. I would enjoy that. Yeah, that me. No, nope. No, I'd have fun with that. Um, <laughs> Too much congestion. Nope. Not doing All right, it. so it's Amazon Prime Day. Okay. I think it's, is it today and tomorrow, or was it yesterday and today? I I don't know. It's two days, I think. Right, where you get all kinds of deals and whatnot, and it it lures people to 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 shop online. Um, I, I, I see, I, I'm going to throw this out there to everybody yeah, and tell you firsthand that it's not really my, like, I am not a pricey, uh, spur of the moment, spontaneous, crazy purchase guy. Like I don't, I didn't, I've never like woken up on a day and being, you know, I'm going to go buy myself a, you know, a Mercedes like, or I'm going to do that or whatever. I don't do that. It's just not my, the way I'm built. But I would be curious if, if any of our friends in the chat or anybody listening or streaming wants to jump in on the chat too. Have you ever made a crazy purchase? Like a crazy purchase. I, I bought a flamingo the other day. Now, you know what I mean? I, it could be anything. It could be a house, could be a car, could be, you know, whatever, a boat. It could be something, you know, just weird. How about you, Gunner? You you don't strike me as that type either. No, I I don't buy. I don't like to buy online. I'm old school. I want to go to stores. I want to look at what I buy. I don't. You care like brick and mortar? Furniture, yes. I don't care yeah. if it's furniture, whatever. My wife, my wife should own stock in Amazon Prime because <laughs> every day, and I and I say this, and I say this in all honesty, just about every day, there's something delivered here from Amazon Prime. Yeah. Like prime example, um, or either either Amazon Prime. Or UPS or FedEx, something is delivered here every day, just about every day. I get a lot of packages too. My, my wife decides that she wants to redo the living room, so she she gets a sectional couch. Okay, fine. Then she gets a table. Uh, okay, fine. She gets the you know uh, uh, dressings for it. And then yesterday, I go outside. I see three boxes sitting outside by the trash cans. I'm said chairs. What what the heck is this? Chairs. Okay, so three chairs, and then there's this long big rug. So I got to take this rug in the house, get the three. And then I go up this morning. There's a big square box now sitting. So what the heck is this? She she bought a, a leather chair to go with the furniture. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, have you tapped into some financial resource you have not been telling me about? <laughs> because it's like coming. It's like the movie Fast and Furious in my house over the last couple I, of weeks. I feel you. Yeah. Trust me. But no, but, but see, here's the thing. She also buys the rugs to go under the tables in the foyer. Okay, well, she's bought like seven or eight different rugs. Oh, not small, uh, too big, not small. The pattern doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. We've got to take back four rugs, and a couple of them are not small rugs. 
Now, one of them, my oldest daughter saw the other day. She said, oh, I want that one. So my wife's going to give it to her. But we still have to take three or four back. And this is with everything she buys. We, I'm, I'm the one who has to go to Kohl's. If you go to Kohl's, they have a, they have a section in Kohl's where they you, you take all your Amazon returns. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know, Kohl's department store has a section, at least the one close to where I live does. Hmm. Um, I'm the one that has to haul all this stuff back. I didn't buy it. Why am I taking it back? That's usually the way it goes. Yep. I know. I feel you. I know. I'm the same way. I am the same way. So anybody, anything, not not many, not many jumping in on this thing. So whether they've had. All right. So Ben already got one guitar on order and bought myself a second one as the the price was too good a week ago. All right. That's interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, obviously you you play, you're into that. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, See, the thing is, if I can't see it, look at it, try it on, visualize it in person, I'm not I'm not doing it. I know. Clothes, it's tough. Like, you know, I, I, I'm always leery of ordering clothes because everything's weird. Yes. Different brands are different. Yeah, yes. exactly. They fit different. You know, yeah. it's the same thing with shoes. Yep. Uh, I don't order shoes. Oh, on- never order shoes online. Never, no. never, never, never. Uh-uh. I got to I got to put them on. I got to get the feel for them. I'm, I'm 100% I wear, with you. I wear a size 13 shoe, man. It ain't easy, man. Yeah. No, I know. I I that is something you you to me you're you're begging for trouble ordering shoes online. You just are. Yeah. And then when it comes to like Christmas holidays, people people think we're we're running drugs out of my house with so many boxes in and out, in and out every day. You think <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Oh, no, I don't like this. You. Can you take these six boxes back? Mm-hmm. Uh it's not what either it's too small. The dimensions weren't worth it. You thought the color is not exactly right. And I'm like, can you just go to the store and buy it? Now, I will say this. Most people that, that do use online a lot, it's because you, they find so much better prices uh, than you do in the stores. Sure. Yeah. And my wife my wife has a master's degree in finding stuff. I mean, stuff that, that we like on sale. On you know, there's a there's, Especially furniture, there's a store. I think they're based in North or South Carolina. It's called Wayfair. Wayfair. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good in terms of prices. So we've bought patio furniture stuff, fire pits for them that we've been really pleased with. That's different. Yeah. That kind of yeah. stuff. I, I, that's, yeah, yeah, I get it with that. Yeah. But for the most part, I ain't buying it, dude, unless I can see it. Can't yeah. do it. I feel you. I'm there. I'm, I'm the same way. Um, all right. Let me hit you with this one. So Diana Rossini of ESPN. Uh, just tweeted out about a minute ago. Saquon Barkley has made it clear the franchise tag is undesirable. I'm told his availability for week one against the Cowboys is in serious question if he does not Ooh. get a long-term deal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A pull a Le'Veon Bell? Well, just keep in mind with the timing of this, okay? Ooh. They're five days out from the self-imposed deadline that Saquon put out there, the 17th, okay? They're five days away. Wow. This is a little kind of thing. You're going to see some heat turned up here. And that's what I think Saquon and his people are doing right now. They're turning mm. up the heat. So just for what it's worth. But that's the first time we've heard may not play week one, you know. So he's uh, he's trying to up the ante a little bit. Well, um, you know, I can't blame him, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I understand why a lot of players don't like playing on the franchise tag. They feel it's it's funny. Some, some players will – you know, I, I guess out of desperation, and we see it. This happen with the Eagles often. Yeah, uh, we'll take one year deals for less money. You know, you know, bank on themselves having a good year, and then try to parlay that into a bigger contract. But a lot of players that are on their franchise tag don't want to play because what if you get hurt? Right, you want it done. I mean, even right. though you're getting the big money, 
they want that multiple year contract with a guaranteed X amount of money. I don't blame them mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But considering you're still playing a sport where your con- most of your contracts are not guaranteed, I don't blame them one bit for yeah. doing that. You know, and then it's it's on it's the only onus the onus is on the uh, ownership. How bad do we want this guy? Uh, do we call his bluff? You know, some teams will call the players bluffs a bluff. A lot of other teams will get right up to that deadline. All of a sudden, out of nowhere. You know, it came in from out of the dark. We got a deal done. You know, uh, you know what I, I I think too, Derek. He's in a very unique position because he's so much of that offense. Right. Jones had a nice year, right? But he's so much of that offense yeah. that he's yeah. got a little bit more leverage than most running backs. Let's face it, most running backs have no leverage whatsoever. No. The Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles were perfectly fine with letting a guy who had twelve hundred yards last year walk. Yep. Right. And yep. most other teams approach it the same way. There's a few of those kind of contracts out there, and most of the teams that have guys signed to those big contracts are regretful. Like the Niners are stuck with with McCaffrey's deal because they traded for him, which fine, whatever. Uh, the Titans now Henry is so much of their offense they don't really yes. have, have many complaints, yeah. but for the most part, any other team that's got a uh, look at the look at the Vikings, you know, look at other teams that just let these guys walk. They don't care. They don't yep. care. Uh, so Sill says, Rob, if he's the offense, why did they give Daniel Jones 46 million? They gave him that Sills because he's a quarterback first off. Uh, and secondly, you look at last year and if you take Saquon out of that offense, okay. What's that looking like? They're not a playoff team. He still doesn't have good receivers. He's got yeah. Waller now and he's got okay. Like Slayton's exactly. okay. And Richie James is okay, but he doesn't have killers. Like he doesn't have Jalen hurts guys on the outside. And he's really, really critical. Exactly. Like I, I agree in principle, Dan. Like in most of the time, when it comes to running backs now, they have they have zero leverage. Not o- not only that, but when you look at what they gave Bartley, Barkley, uh, I'm sorry, Daniel Jones compared to what other quarterbacks got out there, they got Daniel Jones at a at a fair price. Yeah, it's not crazy for quarterbacks. Not a crazy like price. Yeah. But if if they don't have Saquon Barkley in that offense, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, last year, playing yeah. simple. But I, I do think also that there is a limit with running backs. Like you're only going to go so far here. Yeah. You know, and, and then it gets to the point where it's like, all right, Saquon, sorry, but we got to figure something else out. I mean, I, it could get to that point. You don't, you know, he can help you in a lot of ways too. He's not strictly a runner either. He can catch the ball and he can block and all that. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, there are, there are certain guys, I would say Henry, I would say Saquon, I would say McCaffrey. There's a few others that are still in that category of, you know, really critical, you know, big time yeah. pieces of yeah. offense. For the most part, the rest of them are kind of compliments to, to what else the no. offense does. I oh, know. I mean, you look at Eagle situation, like let's go back to what you said a moment ago. They let a guy who had 1,200 yards rushing go. They brew, They bring in two proven commodities, injury history, yes, but they got two running backs cheaper for the one that let, they let go. Right. The one that let go at, what, 22 million, you know, uh, to go to Carolina? Yeah. What did they get? What did they get Penny and Swift for? Nothing. The, I, I think the Eagles foursome is probably the lowest paid foursome of any you know, running back group in the NFL. I mean, they're it's dirt cheap. What 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 you're doing is, and it makes sense. You have two guys on one year deals, basically, right? Like Swift in the last year of his deal yep. and Penny on a one year deal, who have to go out there and perform. They have to because if they want to get paid next year, they had to. So you're getting the best of both worlds, right? If you're the Eagles, you're paying them nothing. You know they're going to be highly motivated. You also have two other guys who you feel really good about. If one of them goes down, 
in plugging in Gainwell or Scott. They have a unique situation the Eagles do at running back. Exactly. And you know what's going to happen next year? They'll go out and find two more backs. Or if one of them really pans out, they may pay them a little bit more to keep one of them here. Both of them are not going to be here next year. I think it's a shame, too, for running backs because they get really beat up. Like, they're, you know, they put their bodies on the line as, as much as almost anybody in the game, and they don't get paid, and they're not valued. I mean, just think about it. Like, where Bijan went was kind of miraculous. Well, there aren't going to be a lot too right. many more of those guys being taken as high as Bijan Robinson was taken. You, you won't draft. see running backs getting Derrick Henry money. No, right. no. It's going to be, for them, it's like, try and get a decent second deal if you're a good running back, and you probably that's it, you know. Look, look at Dalvin Cook, an right. elite talent. He's still out there. Still out there. If the money was right, he would have signed with somebody by now. Exactly. You know what? Basically, at this point, Dalvin Cook knows what teams are interested in him. Yeah. Him and his agent are looking at the offers. And I guarantee you they're trying to play one against the other, the other see if they can up the numbers a little bit because the numbers are not what they thought they would be. Mm-hmm. That's the world a running back in the NFL lives in today, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's too bad. It is. And look, that guy will go and help somebody in a big way. I, I guarantee it. And I agree with Dan. He says the Jets. I think it, I think it is going to be the Jets. I, I think people thought Miami yeah. uh, was the front runner at first, but I, I, I'm feeling more and more like it's the Jets. You know, I, we're going to get into this in a minute. I was looking at defensive numbers um, from last year. I didn't realize, or maybe I forgot, how good the Jets were, you know, the, defensively. They oh, were, they oh. were one, two, fourth in points allowed uh, per game. Their defense is really good. You add Rodgers, potentially Dalvin Cook, yep. to, to what they already have offensively with that Reece, defense. Reece Hall, Woo. Garrett Wilson, I'm telling you, Colin Lazard, you know, all he's got to do. I mean, this team's loaded. Now, yes. they, just lost, they lost one of their safeties for the year, but they go and get Adrian Amos from Green Bay. Who's still a real solid player? Yeah, so, so, I'm looking at I'm looking at the numbers. I get this. Uh, we're t- running backs. NFL's highest paid running backs for 2023 rankings their salaries. All right, this is this is an article that came out May 4th. All right, Christian McCaffrey leads the list, 16 million per year. Alvin Kamara, 15 million. Dalvin Cook is third, 12.6. Derrick Henry, 12.5. Nick Chubb, 12.2. Those are the top five. After that. It's it's everybody. Well, and you have Jacobs now, who's franchised in 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 uh, Vegas. In so, Vegas, yes. Uh, who led the league in rushing, by the yep. way. He was the best runner in, in in the game last year, and he's you know he's not signed to a long term deal. He's franchised. Nope, he's franchised, and he, and it, he led NFL in rushing this year. I mean, right. Yeah. I, and honestly, I think I think there. I would use the word. There's there's some disrespect there. You know, with I the running too. back position. I do too. Um. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, if I'm that talented as a, I don't know, high school player or whatever, I, I, I am 100% leaning towards the receiver spot. You know what I mean? Like, if I have a sort of similar body where I could play either, I'm going wide out, man, all day long. The, the, but for the most part, there's a reason why running backs are running backs. No, I know. I, it, I'm saying, like, it's easier said than done. Like, you could just catch the ball and run great routes. I know. I'm just, there are some guys that have that kind of talent that could do both, but. Uh, yeah, no doubt. It's uh, going to be very interesting. Right. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. We'll do our Eagles question in a, in a little bit, but I want to come back. Actually, I, I, I want to tie these both in. So we're going to come back, and the Eagles question, I want people to think about this for, for a second, and, and you, you can hit us up on the uh, on the chat. 
best Eagles defender since Brian Dawkins. So this is post 2008, Derek. That that was the last year of Dawkins. So, you know, it's a nice little window there, you know, a good 15, 16 seasons. You give me who you think the best Eagles defender was during that time. And we'll get into what the expectations are for this defense, this year's wow. 2023 Eagles defense. Yeah. Let's think about that for a minute. We'll hit all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown, right? Bravo Pizza of Havertown, sponsor of Sports Take, sponsor of Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Great people, man. Great, great people. Uh, I've been going there since I was a little kid. They've been family owned since 1985. You get Alex and the entire crew in there seven days a week just doing their thing. Fresh food, uh, flour flown in from Italy. They offer all kinds of variety. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the you name it, they'll make it, specialized type pizza, however you like it. And if you're not a big fan of pizza or not up for it that day, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, you name it. They're also committed to the community. Bravo Pizza of Havertown has fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. That includes the Eagles Autism uh, Foundation as well. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for specials and promotions. Their address is 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. 
Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We're back. We're Sports Day. Tell a friend. Uh, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit the like button, friends. Let's get on a like run here, if we could, on this Wednesday. That is Derek Gunn. Mm. I am Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you. All right, so you, were you were you in deep thought at, at the question I, I threw at you? Uh, best, if you're just tuning in, best Eagles defender post-Brian Dawkins era. That's 2008 to present. So, for example, I see Danny D says Eric Allen. That is way before. The, the That's way before Doc. Yes. Danny, that we're talking about here. This is after Dawkins left. 2008 was his last season here. So, you know, you can pick it up in 09. Like, I give you an example, Derek. You threw a great name out there. Yeah. I, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you, you said Asante Samuel. Yes who, first of all, great name and, and sort of underrated in Eagles lore. The only problem is they spent one year together. They were together in 08. So, so, so you won't allow me to... No, you, I, you that can count because he was here after Dawkins. Yeah, okay. But then I thought a little bit more about it. I came up with one more. Right. But that was that's a tough one, Rob. It, but, it is tough. Like, um, I, we're getting great answers here. Like, uh, Christy says, I'm going with BG for sheer longevity and professional growth. Then Malcolm... Then Fletch, then Trent Cole. I mean, she she named a lot of good ones there, but yeah. they're all, you know, that's good, very valid. The Eagle Eagles fan came up with the one I was just about to say. I had to say Malcolm Jenkins. Yep, because he was so versatile in how they used him. They used him down in the box, back up. You know, he he was such a solid player in so many areas. A sure tackler, wasn't the fastest DB out there, but I guarantee you, you won't find many smarter than him. The way they utilized him. Well, he played special teams too. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he was always there to answer the bell for anything that was happening. Uh, you know, team wise, you know, Derek, there'd be a crowd of a hundred people around his locker all the yeah. time uh, yeah. in the locker room. Whether he was addressing stuff with the team or social issues or whatever, th- yeah. he never ducked anything. Um, yeah. And was a darn good player on top of everything else. You I know? remember. I remember one interview, and I forgot what the topic was, but it was a very heated topic at the time when people rushed over to Malcolm Jenkins to get him to talk about, I believe it has something to do either with the NFLPA or a foundation that I forgot what the heck it was, but all of his answers were on, he, he had written them out on cards. I remember that he, he, he didn't say a word. He just kept holding up cards and that was it. And I was like, that is profound because the more you asked him questions, the more frustrated you became, but the more satisfied he was, with the card he would hold up. Yeah. So basically I, I, saying, I I'm that. tired of talking about this. This is my answer. Yeah. I yeah. got you. Like, yeah. and that was, and he was, look, darn good player. Trent Cole deserves more love than he probably gets to, uh, from uh, all of us. Uh, I, because I don't, I don't always mention him when I'm talking about really good right. Eagles defensive players. Uh, Brandon Graham's really hard to argue with the longevity that he's given this team. And 
you know, as much as people get frustrated, I think sometimes with Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox has been a mainstay in the middle of that defensive line for, yes. for now a decade, you know, so he's in any conversation that you have uh, as well. That's who I my, So the three that popped to my head right away were Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham and Malcolm Jenkins, but I, I'm glad people are bringing up Trent Cole. That's a good one too. You know, Trent Cole is my guy and Trent Cole, if you look at his, if you look at his history, he didn't miss, he, he didn't miss many games. No. And I said, how are you playing a linebacking position that always gets nicked up and you're not missing any games? He said, Deegan, I learned early in my career, you have to keep your feet moving and your head on a swivel. That means he says, when you see this scrum, he said, if you notice when there's scrums or, or pileups, he says, my feet are always moving. I'm always, and I'm always pushing people away from me. He right. said, I don't let people get around my legs. I'm like, it's so simple, yet why mm-hmm. more players think about that? Because if you really think about it, look at how many bodies are flying when there's like a fumble, a scrum for a ball, or you know, a short yardage situation when you got major congestion in there and everybody's pushing one way or the other. Yeah. The Trinko gets in there and he gets out. Mm-hmm. You know, his feet are always moving. And that was huge. You know, I want to look up his stats real quick. His stats were phenomenal in terms of how few games he missed. Yeah, and he was just really, really consistent. Uh, you know, he oh, was no just question. a consistent guy. Like Mike says, uh, Reddick don't count. Well, I mean, Reddick's done it one year. Uh, he had a great year. And and we might, in two or three years from now, you know, be bringing him up with, with any of these names. You know, he's – I mean, the guy got 16 sacks in his first year here, for sure, you know, that, that we would – but not not this soon, not after one year, in my estimation. Do you know in, in 10 years with the Eagles, he missed three games? That's amazing. Uh four, yeah. correct. Four games. That's that's really isn't that something? In, in the in the trenches, that's a that's a tough thing. Yeah. That that's that's unbelievable for a linebacker to play that many games and avoid serious injuries. But I agree. He made he he perfected the art of keeping your head on the swivel and keep your feet moving. Yeah, he did. Yep. But it was fun, fun little exercise because you all, most of the time you're drawing back to Dawkins, right? But if you yep. if you pick it up after Dawkins and, and look at it that way, you could. It's really, I think, a nexus of of Malcolm, of Trent Cole, of Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox. I think that's your your Mount Rushmore, if you will, uh, during that time period. All right, present day, Derek. Present day expectations. We looked at the offense Ooh. yesterday. Let's look at the defense. All right, so seven points per or uh, twenty points per game allowed, which was tied for seventh. Yep. They were best in the league against the pass, 179.8, uh, which ties into 70 sacks, which was first. They were very mediocre against the run. They were 16th, tied for 16th. They gave up 121.6 per game on the ground. Which is not a bad number, not a great number, but it's not a bad number. It's not bad. It's okay. You, no. you know, it's okay. Where they got hurt, well, the Super Bowl obviously hurt them, but there were certain situations in games where I think they, they got hurt up the middle. Uh you know, against other teams, yep. runners. Um, they were also very good at yards per game allowed, which was they were second in the NFL. Um, 70 sacks. They, here's the thing. We were talking about this yesterday, so I looked it up. They were third in turnover differential at plus eight. Most yep. of the year they led, and then they kind of fell off a little bit late. Yep. Uh, they were third in takeaways, 27, which is a very good number too. Like they're, yep. they're both quality numbers. You're in the top three. In, in your turnover differential and your takeaways, that that's an excellent number. Um, so we all know what they lost. They lost Hargrave, which was 11 sacks. They lost CJ GJ, which is six interceptions. They lost uh, TJ Edwards, 159 tackles, and Marcus Epps, 94 tackles. So you know nothing to sneeze at what they lost, you know for sure. But they still returned three guys with 11 or uh, with with 10 or more sacks. That is uh, Sweat, 
and Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick. Yep. Reddick with 16, Sweat 11, Graham 11. Fletcher Cox from the defensive tackle position, seven sacks, which is a really good number for a defensive tackle. Uh, so there's still a team that should be up there, if not top, top three-ish, four, uh, in terms of sacks. The question is, do you have guys in the secondary who are going to take the ball away because that we know how critical that can be to give your, your offense a short field? I think the, the cornerbacks, Darius Slay and James Brad, Bradbury, um, definitely have the capability of getting uh, a significant amount of takeaways. From the safety position, don't know. That's a big mystery. You know, Edmonds coming in here from Pittsburgh, Blankenship now, assuming a starting role compared to playing um, a, a lesser role for the team last year. I don't know in that regard. I don't know if they'll have as high a volume of takeaways as they did last year. Um, there's so many pieces to this equation. It starts with the five, six new coaches they brought in. What is their philosophy? What is their mindset? You know they've sat down and studied the film and and, and have talked about how they want to use certain players like Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, you know, the D tackles in their type of defense. But is their type of defense going to turn these guys loose to, to garner the individual numbers that they did in 2022? Hard to tell. Yeah, it I, is. Yeah. I, I, again, and, and because they play so many inferior opponents, you know, now you're playing a much better crop of opponents this year. That has to figure into the equation as well. Yeah. I think they're going to have a good defense, a solid defense, even with the integration of all these young players. Like I said the other day, um, Jordan Davis and, and Nicobe Dean are, def, are basically redshirt freshmen this year because their roles are being elevated. You have to get Jalen Carter acclimated. You have to get Nolan Smith acclimated. You know, um, you know Brown on the back end if he's going to play for him, the rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, you you've got some you've got some huge question marks that will only be answered once the ball is kicked off for real in September. Um, so we don't really know. The possibilities and the potential is 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 unbelievable in that regard. But Rob, as we know, many times what looks good on paper doesn't necessarily translate to that type of play on a field. I'm with you. Like I I view it as uh, a work in progress. I think it's going to take them a little while to get there. Um, but that's okay. I mean, that, that should be expected. They're not going to come out of the shoot ready to go or, or, no. or be at their top form. I think the offense, on the other hand, should be in their, in their top form. The, the offense doesn't have any excuse as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but defensively, you have two new linebackers and two new safeties and, and you know, it's new young guys, unproven guys on the defensive line expected to do something with a new defensive coordinator. That's a lot. And, and I, and I, I oh, don't man. know that we're all taking that into account enough here because I think we're expecting the defense to look similar to what it looked last year. Like I, I bet you, Derek, if, if, if you, if we look at this, you and I are sitting here after week 17, hope, you know, hopefully before the playoffs start for the Eagles, we're, we're sitting there and we're looking back and we're going to say, look, they were definitely a team that was led by their offense. But if, if you watch the defensive numbers improved as the season goes on, which is a little bit ironic because their schedule is, is very tough after the uh, bye week, mm-hmm. which is late, mm-hmm. but I still think they're going to be better in terms of takeaways. I think they're just going to be a more cohesive unit, understanding what, what the strengths are. It takes. I'll give you an example. Last year, it took the defense and Jonathan Gannon a little while to really utilize Hassan Reddick at his best. Yes, they were still dropping him into coverage a little bit more. Um, yeah, you know, doing around. some things. Yeah, that didn't necessarily fit him. And then 
it's only a natural thing, but they figured it out. So I think that's you're going to see some of that this year. And here's the other part. Some guys might get weeded out. We, we may be sitting here saying, man, do you remember when they thought Nick Morrow could be the a starting linebacker? Like, yeah. nah, or, I'm just giving him as an example, but, or we could be surprised by him. No, I could, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, this offense, they don't have, they don't even need a training camp to be honest with you mm-hmm. because it's so intact, you know, which is a rarity to bring back almost everybody. Yep. You know, this offense should accidentally score 28 points a game. There's no question about that. Oh. If they score 28 a game, they're going to be in every game they play. Yep. Now, can the defense get the necessary turnovers? Uh, see, we don't know. Everything that, everything that we have in terms of questions pertains to the defense. Yep. You know, what that defense did in 2022 was simply phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But you have so many things, so many variables that you have to equate to what they were able to accomplish. Yeah. They were loaded. They played offensive lines that were banged up. They played second and third tier quarterbacks a lot of the way. Guys that shouldn't even be starting in the National Football League. But they but that's not their fault. They went out and did their job against whoever they had to play. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and back to back weeks and so on and so forth. You get to look at Geno Smith. You got to go to Seattle to play him. You know, I'm not putting Geno Smith in the same category as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but he's a much better caliber of quarterback than they played for most of last season. I agree. You know, so they got to play these guys now. And let's see what happens. And yeah. Dak, Dak twice. And Dak basically is an Eagles killer. Yeah. You know, so let's see what happens. I think one of the other things is how much how much of a proximity are your older players going to be to what they were last year? Is, is Brandon Graham going to be similar? Is Fletcher Cox going to be similar? You, you know, Bradbury and Slayer in their 30s now. Like, are, are they going to be – are we going to see the, the step, you know, losing a step here and there from those guys? Uh, there's there's that end of the spectrum, then there's the other end of the spectrum. Can Jalen Carter play? Can Jordan Davis play? Can Nicobe Dean, Nicobe Dean play? Can Reed Blankenship play? Maybe, maybe Sidney Brown. Can all these guys play who you may be asking to do a lot? You know, you really – there's like a, a, a real older end of the spectrum and younger end of the spectrum feel yep. for this defense. There's a Definitely. couple of middle guys, but, you know, for the most part – you're counting on a sort of weird mix here on, on the defensive side. Uh, there's no question about it. You have Slay, who's 32, Bradbury, 30, Graham, 35. I believe Fletcher's now, what, 32, 33? Yeah, he's got to be around that. Um, yeah. So you're mixing old with new. How well will it mesh? Well, for the most part, they play together well. But you're right, they're a year older. Will they give you that? And my concern is, what Darius Slay are you going to get? You know, we saw him play like a pro bowler first half of the season. All of a sudden he tailed off, you know, why? I don't, don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, will another year under his belt, what's it going to look like? Yeah. What's, I mean, what's it going to look like? And also, was there something else? Was there a disconnect with Gannon? Like, the, the, is that the reason why it fell off a little bit or, you know, I, I maybe that, that's a good thing if that's what it was, you know, and then maybe he can, he and Desai can figure out whatever went on there. I mean, they reinvested in him. You know, they extended him when it looked yeah. like he was out the door. That was yeah. one of the weirder. I mean, he's tweeting about leaving. You know, every, there were all kinds of reports that he was gone, and and you know, suddenly he's back. Very, very strange mm-hmm. circumstance there. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and and so I would be surprised if this Eagles defense, once it came together, 
if it's not a top 10 defense. I don't know if it'll be a top five defense. They have the personnel, but I don't know because I don't know. Any, I don't know much about the size of coordinator. He's got to call the shots. He's got to set the tone. Yep. I don't know. You don't know much about the Kobe Dean is set in, set in the middle of that defense. He's got the headgear. He's set in the middle of that defense. You don't know how quickly he can decipher all this stuff. I mean, people think too many people think if you're a phenomenal player at the collegiate level, you're going to be a phenomenal player at the pro level. No, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. No, no. You know, there's, there's exceptions to every rule, but some players have to grow into their position. And as they grow into that position, they make mistakes along the way. It's a right. natural progression. Yeah. You know? And so now the Kobe who sat on the sideline, watch, learn, listen, ask questions. Now he's got to do it. When that ball snapped, he's got to make that decision. When they step, when an offense steps to the line of scrimmage, he's got to be able to see it and call it like in a, in a matter of seconds. And if you call the wrong thing, you're going to get exposed. I don't care how good you are. You're going to get exposed. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, also we talk a lot about this and I, I, I don't, I'm saying right now, I don't know, but how much does the chemistry with all the Georgia players being on the field now at the same time, how much will that help them? How much will, Carter and Davis and the Kobe Dean and maybe potentially Nolan Smith all being out there at the same time. How much does that help? Or do you get to the pros and it's like, okay, that was great. You know, you did that against Mississippi state, but th- this is the big boys here. You, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it can hurt. Let me put it that way. I knowing what the other's tendency is. I don't think it can hurt you, no. but I don't know how much of an impact it necessarily has. I, I don't either. I don't either. And only time will tell. And we'll be talking about it week in and week out, the highs and lows, pluses and minuses, yeah. what we see, what we wanted to see that we didn't see, and so on and so forth. The offense, you know what the offense is going to look like. Yeah. You know who the primary weapons are. You know what the quarterback is. The running back is going to be interesting. The, the hot, To me, the hot topic of discussion on the offense is the running back situation. How will the personnel be utilized? Is it is it truly going to be running back by committee? Will there be a lead back in this offense? Is it is it based on who has the hot hand at any given moment? You know, I think that's I think that's the biggest topic of conversation heading into the regular season. Well, I, I think so too. I, I like I I my best guess is, you know, if somebody's hot, you're going to ride him for at least a couple of series, you know, and then you change it up a little yep. bit. I I think that's how they're going to go. Like I, I think Swift might get the start very first game or whatever. And and if, if Swift has a big couple of series, then I think you, you know, you ride them for, for three series, maybe something like that. And then is where I think you're going to see Penny mixed in. Penny could also come in like, you know, it's third and three or something like that. And you feel like you can pick it up with him. You'd rather pound him than pound Swift. Swift is, is either a, a home run threat or a pass catching running back out of the backfield. And then the, the the beauty too is like how many options you have in short yardage and or goal line between a keeper for Hertz behind that line, either a tush push or Scott and Gainwell are good in those short yardage situations too. And Penny should be as well. So you should be really effective in that. And, area. See, and see, Scott is a forgotten entity because of the other three guys ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think he is. We lose, we lose Gunner. <laughs> All right, why don't you single me up here, Tone? I think we got well, we got him back. No? Yeah, what happened? Oh, he's back. All right. We, we lost yeah. it for a second. We, yeah. <laughs> we lost yeah. it for one second. Yeah, you were saying yeah. Gamewell, something Gamewell's uh, sort of a, a lost 
Yeah. No, I said Boston Scott is the lost entity in all this. I mean, because he's only going to, if you think about it, he's only going to get touches if one of the other guys gets hurt. It's true. You look at his touches last year. You know, very limited role, and that, that's but he's a quality back. He's a small back, but he's a quality back with a lot of lower body strength. Mm-hmm. But yet, what's his role on this team? You know, he's going to play special teams, but outside of that, how do you utilize him? If if Swift is your primary back on the swing passes, screen passes, so on and so forth. If Penny's your banger between the tackle, if Gainwell's a combination of the two, what is Boston Scott's role on this team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think some of it, he, he, both he and Scott could, the only way that their roles really emerge is if somebody gets hurt, I think, you know, potentially. Exactly. That's it. Like uh, Sill says he would use uh, Swift the way the Cowboys use Pollard. Yeah. I mean, that that's playing to his strengths. True. Hit him out of the backfield, wheel routes, you know, yep. whether it's dumps, incorporate the screens a little bit more. Streaks, streaks down the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I there's 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 a lot of things you can do with him, uh, with that talent, with that explosive talent that he has. Um, so I I think that's where you're gonna see the offense maybe look a little bit different than what we've seen in years past, where offensively it was we didn't see a lot of screens. Um, you know, and, and let's face it, the Eagles philosophy is Pass to get a lead, you know, run to kind of eat clock. That that's always where they're going to be. And and it's not to say they don't run the ball. They don't get away from it as much as Andy used to, maybe, but right. they it's not a primary. The primary is going to be throwing the ball. And when you have Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, hard to argue that logic. I have no question. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. So that that's I think offensively hit the ground running defensively patience is going to be a virtue here, but good luck with Eagles fans having patience, but it's, you know, I think you're, I think you're setting yourself up for some frustration. If you think the defense is going to look the same as it looked last year, right away. It's not, it's just not, uh, Hey, we'll get to this later, but I want to just touch on it because the first game of the year is, uh, is the Patriots. Did you see this, this new video board that they're putting up there at Gillette? No, I've heard about it. All right. You ready for this? Okay. It's, it's 22,200 square feet. It's 370 by 60. Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I mean, so they, I didn't realize they, they were, they're doing a $250 million renovation on Gillette Stadium, and that's part of it. I, and I saw a picture of it. Derek, it feels like it takes half the stadium. It, it, like it's, it, it, it feels like it just go. It, it's, it, it's sick. It is absolutely sick. It sounds similar to what Atlanta has. Atlanta has one of these boards. It go, basically goes almost all the way around the stadium. Yeah. And when you look at whatever they're running, an advertisement or they're showing the highlights of some of the better plays, the play goes like this all the way around. Man, it's really sharp how Atlanta did it with that new Mercedes-Benz Stadium down there. Mm-hmm. It sounds something similar to that. Yeah. Now, is this, gonna, is this thing going to be ready for this upcoming season? Uh, yes, their hope is that it's ready for week one against the Eagles. That's the target for the for the screen, for the video board. Yeah. Dude, think about how, something that big, and they're doing it. Now, obviously, they've been doing it since the offseason. Yep. Uh, since, but still, to get that thing ready in less than a year, how meticulous and how many hours workers have to put in just to make sure that thing is right. Because, yep. you know, if you're spending that kind of money on it, you want it to work from day one, not day four or five, from day one. You know, so I'm curious to see what it looks like. And, you know, you know, they're going to showcase it on the broadcast. Oh, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. And look, it's that's a A, it's the season opener. B, they're honoring Brady. You you know, there's a lot going to be a lot going on in that game. That's why I say it's a it's a much more 
that's going to be a much more emotionally charged game than I think people anticipate. They're just looking at it like, you know, New England wasn't where it was mediocre last year and the Eagles are just going to run through them. I don't think so. I think that's a close game. Uh, Eagles, I think it was five points is what they're, what they were favored, but I don't, I think it's going to be close. Like that's going to be a field goal kind of game. You know what? I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Say what you want to say about the Patriots offense. Their defense will come to play. Oh yeah. A Bill Bill Belichick defense will come to play. Mm -hmm. Now the only thing you can hope for is the offense sputters to the point where they keep turning the ball over, giving it back to the Eagles and that, or the Eagles can sustain lengthy drives and just wear that defense down. Yeah. Where it's a submission, but Patriots have some ball players on that defense, and that defense is going to be a good matchup for the Eagles. Good first test out of the gate for the Eagles' offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the thing we just don't know with them is, you know, what what impact does Bill O'Brien have on Mac Jones? It, it, even if there is a good impact, is Mac Jones that good? And uh, you know, frankly, I don't. I'm not scared by their weapons. I'm no, not, I, I don't. I don't love the receivers. I don't love the running backs. I, I think, I think Belichick has relied too. you could get away with not having spectacular players with Brady. And I think he's made a mistake of not getting enough playmakers for Mac Jones. I really don't. Yeah, I I agree. But if, 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 you know, he wants to run the ball They're if their running game can control the clock, they're going to stay in that game. Yeah. Cause that's the way you beat the Eagles. Keep going. Is, is yeah. to keep that offense off the field. They can get if they can get, if they can average three and a half yards a game a carry in their running game, it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Now, well, obviously, remember, sevens instead yeah. of threes. You can't get down the field and just kick threes because once you get a ball back to the Eagles, they're going to score some points. Yeah. But if they can sustain drives and, and chew up the clock, control the clock, and put points on the board, you know, sporadically. They, this is gonna be it's gonna be a, be a really entertaining game that first came out of the gate. I think so too. I mean, the the blueprint that was laid out there when the Redskins beat the, the excuse me the Commanders beat the Eagles in the regular season. You remember that game was just run the ball and keep the Eagles' offense off the field, and that worked really well. Yep. Kansas City, especially, they didn't do it in the first half, but Kansas City in the second half in the Super Bowl was able to run the ball, and the Eagles I think had Absolutely. four possessions the entire second half. Absolutely, that's how you do it, and I think I would be shocked. Uh, you know, if they if they didn't just dig in and try to just pound the football. Uh, Dan says in 24 years, his playmakers were always undrafted. Yeah, they were. Converted guys. Edelman was a converted quarterback in college. Uh, you know, Wes Welker, who was solid, but the guy who bounced around. You know, Edelman, he had Moss. Edelman. He had Moss for, for a minute. But, but you know, for the most part – and he had Gronk. There's no denying that, how great Gronk was. But as far as receivers go, Amendola – Edelman, Welker types, or you know, they're Nelson okay. Aguilar, Aguilar there, Aguilar there, yeah. And and again, Edelman was a guy who made himself into a stud. But like, for, it, it isn't he. Belichick hasn't usually gone after the really high pedigreed receivers, no, or, or at least gotten it right. You know, Deion See, Branch is another good example. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the receiving core: Juju Smith-Schuster, okay, Devontae Parker, okay, Tyquan Thornton, yeah. You know, I'm more concerned about their tight ends than I am their wide receivers. They have Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Yeah. You know, I like to attack, and they like to run a lot of double tight end sets. They like to run a lot of 12 personnel. And Gusecki is very receiver-like. He's a very good down-the-field tight end. He's not going to kill you with block. He's like Ertz in that sense. He's a very good pass catching. He's dangerous. That's a guy who, especially with the Eagles' safety and linebacker setup, that could be a problem. Gusecki could be a problem. And it goes back to the Eagles had problems defending the middle of the field in the passing game. Now you're getting younger uh, and you're bringing in a new piece 
to defend the middle of the field. Okay. I don't know if they, I, we don't know what the, I don't know anything about this Morrow guy. I don't know much about him. I don't either. I know he had a lot of tackles, but I don't know what that means. Tackles with the bears. So right. What, yeah. With a bad team. What does that mean? Ultimately? Yeah. yeah. What, does, what does that tell you? Um, and when you got two tight ends like this, I guarantee you Belichick's going to want to dink and dunk his way down the field with these guys. Yeah. And hopefully free up a Parker occasionally, a Juju occasionally. But the wide receiving game is going to be huge for the Patriots. I'm looking at the running backs. And I'm like, really? This is what you have for your running back situation? Well, that's what there was some talk about Cook maybe going there, but that that's sort of cooled, you know, for whatever it's worth. And right now you have Ramondre Stevenson. Pierre Strong, Ty Montgomery, and Kevin Harris. Do, do any of those names worry you? Stevenson, maybe, but I, mean, I, I don't I, like. I said I don't love the bunch. I, I don't love it. No. Uh, Stevenson, a big guy, six foot two thirty, but still, you know, he's been in the league two years. Um, well, he he did have a thousand yards rushing for him last year. Yeah, no, I, I, he, I don't he, remember much. He averaged, five, he averaged five yards a carry. Yeah, he good year. He did. So, he had a good year. So the Patriots offensive line is decent. So that's why I said if they can establish the running game and they dink and dunk down the field with the tight ends, it's gonna be a close game. Right. And dinking and dunking makes sense because you 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 want to milk clock too if you're the uh, Pats. All right. Uh let's step aside. We will uh we'll mix in a bunch of different things when we come back, uh, including some Phillies. And the question is for the second half when it comes to them. Uh, will their proven players step up who have not in the first half? We'll get into that. Got a bunch of other stuff we're going to hit. Beyonce is at the link, D-Gun. Are you going? I am not. I will be working tonight. But I have a I have a question for you. Yes. Thank you. Just to ponder on. We'll, we'll do this in a little bit. All right. Greatest music artist of the 21st century, 2000s to today. What? Great. Well, some would say Beyonce, wouldn't they? Uh, I guess you could say Beyonce. I got one for you. All right. I'll hold it. I got one. Okay. Think about it. Think about it, everybody. We'll we'll dig into that as well. All right. Let's uh let's get a quickie in. We'll come back. We'll discuss the Phillies, all that kind of stuff. We have our NFL segment. Our greatest series continues with the Seattle Seahawks today. We will do Seattle when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding that right person can be a challenge to, to handle your, your investments, right? Um, and I was right there at the front of the line for a long time. But I can tell you from personal experience, I found someone I trust with my finances, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground, or if you're just not sure about something, about what direction to go, about a, a stock that you feel like might be hot, whatever, Jim is there for a resource. That's, there's a reason why I'm about to give you his number and his email address, because I, I can tell you, I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. 
Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Mid mouthful. Welcome back, everybody. Sports busted. Busted. I, did I did get busted. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, hanging with you. Um, how much did you watch of the All Star game last night? Um, I would say maybe half of the game. Mm. Maybe half. Yeah. You know, like I said, my daughter and, and, and they they were here for a while. Um, so I got and I had to run around, do some things. Take. So I would say half. I caught maybe the, like the last. I would say the last five innings of it. Okay. No, I, I, again, entertaining game for sure. Um, Rob, all right. Rob, Mr. Tass says, are you chewing dry Cheerios? No, uh, Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. My quickie, quick Cheez-Its. Uh, Cheez-Its, okay. Um, had the dry Cheerios for breakfast. We already got that out of the way. So oh, we're, we're good there. Geez. I know, your favorites, your favorites. All right, so looking ahead to the Phillies' second half. Now, they play Friday against the Padres. That'll be a nice little test uh, for sure. San Diego is underachieved in the first half of the season and they have to get their, their act together. So they're going to come in ready to go. Um, here's really what it, what it comes down to for me, Derek proven players who underachieved mm. in the first half. Mm. Nola Wheeler to a lesser extent, but he still didn't pitch as well as he's capable of Yep. Turner big time real Muto. 
So you take those four guys. Um, uh, see, I'm going to trust the back of the baseball card here and, and believe that these guys are going to be better than what they've been like. And I know it feels like we said it all first half. Oh, this is when Turner turns the page and you know he's going to get it together. And this and that. I think Real Muto will be more consistent at the plate. I think Wheeler will be better in general. I think this week off will be nice for them. And I think Nola, look, I this one I can't say with real strong faith, but for, for most of his career, he's been better than this guy we've seen. So I'm going to believe that they will be better. Where, where do you stand there? You are the eternal optimist. I think when you look at where they are right now, and they've played how many games? 80 what? 89. 89 games. 48 and 41. Baseball is such a streaky game. But they've played 89 games, and we are sitting here talking about them getting better. I mean, look at Castellanos last year. You look at his baseball card numbers prior to him arriving in Philadelphia. Yeah, Didn't really start to pick up until September. I think maybe one of those guys, I don't see, you know, you, that's a lot of guys you're asking to just, the light switch to go on. Yep. Um, I think, I think for the most part, it's going to be ebbs and flows like this the rest of the way. They'll be good enough to get in the playoffs, but I don't think one guy's just going to take off. I don't think I don't know what it is with Nola again. I don't know if it's the contract situation. I don't know if he's if if it's the clock that's bothering him still. He can't get over the clock um, in, in between pitches. But the fact that he's given up home runs in every game he's pitched in except two, and he gave up three his last outing on on Sunday, that's a problem. That's a red flag for me. Yeah. So there's something going on there. Um, four days off, I don't think is, is big. If you're saying, okay, everybody has two weeks off to sit back and reflect, maybe a little different, right. but you're getting right back on a horse in two days. Um, I don't, I don't know, Rob, I'm, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think they're going to, they're going to be hot. They're going to put together some wins. They're going to go through losing streaks. They're going to, it's going to go back and forth the rest of the season. They'll finish well over 500 and hopefully get that either number one or number two at the worst number two seat in the wild card spot. Because okay. I don't think nobody's catching Atlanta. You can forget that. Nobody. No, I, yeah, I gave up on that yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. The division, yeah. And, and I will go so far as to say I don't know if they can catch Miami. Now I look at Miami. The strength of Miami staff. I I I thought the strength of that team was the pitching, and then I looked at the numbers and found out they were the second highest hitting team in the National League. Yeah, team average, but they're not a power hitting team. But as we saw. Against this Phillies, we saw this against the Phillies' three best pitchers. They sprayed the ball well. Yep. They win a lot of close games because of the pitching staff. Yeah. You know, and that's their MO, you know. And and so I don't know if they're going to catch Miami, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think Miami's doable, but I, I hear you. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you have a guy like a Rise who's hitting like 380-something, 390-something – who's always on base. You saw it last night. He had a couple hits in the all-star game. That guy is just unbelievable. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're just pesky. Miami's pesky. I don't know how else to put exactly. it. Exactly. They, um, they loop single here, mm-hmm. um, a, a slow roller through the gap over here. You know, they may get a double. I tell you what though, they're pretty good on the base pass. I will give them that. Yeah. You know, they're good on the base pass, moving, moving runners. I'll, I'll give them that stealing bases. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. Wait a minute. Uh, hold up. John Dickerson. Now John Dickerson, we know, He's a little out there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know if he's joking, if he's serious. He said, Rob, did you see the lemon frosted Cheerios? Is there really such a thing? 
Uh, I not that I know. I only eat plain, shockingly. But I, eat, I don't. I don't even do honey thing. nut. I don't even do honey nut. Wait a minute. You don't like honey nut Cheerios? No. I only what? eat the 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 name the, the number one brand plain original. That's the only one that I will eat. How can you not like honey nut Cheerios? Too much going on, man. I, I like it just plain. What do you mean? My, my wife's sitting there laughing at you. It's what true. do you mean there's too much going on? It has a sweeter flavor. That's it. Yeah. It's covered like, in honey. In, I'm, in I'm a plain Jane, man. I don't I don't like to, I don't need to get crazy with stuff. Give me my basic Cheerios. Wait, you said there's too much going on with yeah. honey nut Cheerios. Yes. It's not like they have frost on them. Or, See, I'm also somebody, I don't need, like, let me put it this way. I love uh, chips and dip. Like, I like plain chips dip it into salsa okay. okay tortilla chips i love just plain people have to do the lime thing and all the i don't need all that yeah i don't need now when it comes to my chips like my to, uh tostito chips yeah i want them plain i don't the lime ones are okay i don't like the lime ones i just want those plain yeah you know i agree there, Look, there, there they are there is the lemon frosted cheerios this is real it's a limited would, edition would you try them just to say whether or not you would like them I would test it. Yeah, I would test. I wouldn't buy a box. If somebody gave me some and sampled, I would sample it. But I'm not wasting money on buying it because I know. I know what I like. Have you ever had Honey Nut Cheerios? I've had them. Yeah, not a fan. There's another kind. What's I don't even one? know who you are anymore. <laughs> There's another kind, too. I, I forget what. Yeah, I, I do get the heart-shaped one sometimes. Uh, the Philly Fly, yes. Hey, look, don't, don't, don't take this the wrong way. But you and I. We can never sit down at breakfast, lunch, or dinner together. I know. I would be depressed looking at your meals. I really I'm would. the I told you, I'm the one who, if you just said, Hey, you got to give that guy the kids' meal, I'd be like, Great, give me the kids' meal. Like hey, good. You see, you see what Kevin Savar said about your hunt the honey? See? See what he said? Yeah. <laughs> uh let we don't we don't need to mix our Cheerios and our pleasure. I, I don't think. Yes. The multigrain. That's the other one, Dak. You're right. My wife gets the multigrain sometimes. Yeah. Eh. Eh. No. I know it's healthier. I get it. There's apple cinnamon. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of stuff out there. I I just did. Yeah. Have, have you tried the apple cinnamon? I have had that before. Yeah, I've had yeah. that. Be I've had, had that before. You know what? Here's here. <laughs> Tone. What is this? Tone is all over this. There's no way they have that many two ten different kind of Cheerios. See the fruity ones remind me of Fruit Loops. I didn't remember the Fruit Loops they used to have. They still I love Fruit Loops. Loops. Oh yeah, chocolate Cheerios. No, no I'm, not eating, I'm not eating chocolate Cheerios now. Ancient now. grains. Like what? What is going on here? What is this medley crushed with oats? <sighs> now see that's going a little too far. And then frosted, uh, yeah. This uh, apple scent. No, too much going on. We don't need all these options. Just you know what one you need? You need the big yellow one, second from the bottom, uh, on the bottom, second to left. You know, with yeah, the number, the second one. Oh, my wife is sitting there cracking up. Yes. Yeah. Most normal people like honey nut. They like the whole grain. These are normal human beings. I'm not a normal human being. Hold, hold, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. <laughs> If I can catch her between giggles, Trish, how would you describe Rob's palate? <laughs> he doesn't have one. <laughs> that is correct, Trish. Yes, I am paletless. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I told you, I'm weird, man. I like you don't, you don't eat cheese on burgers. Which... I don't, or on my or on my cheese steaks. I just get steaks. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! 
wait a minute. <laughs> you don't eat cheese on cheesesteaks? I like ketchup, roll, and meat. <laughs> Same with my burgers. <laughs> if like most people like ham and cheese, yeah, I like ham and mustard on the roll, and that's it. No like, cheese? No. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. I am a I'm a sick cat. I am a sick puppy. See, yeah. Look, Tone said no cheese? Question mark. No fried onions. What about fried onions? No, here's the thing. I will I will eat a, a cheesesteak with cheese or fried onions. I would eat it. I, I would it'd be okay. He says I'm a demon. Uh, Tone uh, says, says Rob, you are a demon. Yeah. Dang says I'm an alien. I would eat it. I would eat it, but I wouldn't eat it. I wouldn't be thrilled. Just give me the plain. Yeah, I, I said, where's the, this is true. Thomas is right. You're worse than oh. my two-year-old when it comes to eating food. It's true. I do like pizza, Dag. I see. This is where I'm weird. Yeah, what pizza? Let me guess. Pizza with no cheese or sauce on it. No, no. I like I, no, but I like it. I like just a plain pie. Give me a plain pie. Like that's you don't all. Like pepperoni. I'll eat it with pepperoni, but I don't prefer it with pepperoni. Sausage? No. Mushrooms? No. I'm anti-mushroom. I I can't stand mushrooms. Pe- pepper? No. I like it plain. <laughs> I will maybe do uh, pepperoni. Uh, I don't like scrapple, Steve. Uh, no, you don't like Scrapple? No. I don't like Scrapple. I, my parents used to have it all the time on, on Sunday morning, and it, the smell of it to this day, like, just skis. <laughs> so I don't have that. Um, what else is weird? Everything's weird. Pizza with a Cheerio crust? <laughs> you know, it's weird. I like, like, grilled cheese. I, I do like cheese. I'm not anti-cheese. I just don't really like it combined with my meat. How can you not eat it on a burger, man? Just a burger on a bun is dry. It's nothing. I know. Like, I made burgers, was it last night? Two nights ago, I made burgers, right? And what? I make, no, I make a cheeseburger for my son, for my daughter. My wife doesn't eat any of that. She eats healthy stuff. But she, wait, your wife doesn't eat cheeseburgers? But she does, but she mostly eats just healthy. Like, she'll do like grilled chicken, she'll do salad. You know, but. If she does, if she eats, I make her, I, I make them all a, a, a cheeseburger, except me. There's like four burgers in the pan or on the grill that have cheese on them. And I just have, yeah, I'm a minimalist. Thank you, Chuck. That's what I am. I'm a minimalist. That's a good way to put it. Weirdo, minimalist, you know, eclectic. I, I, I would say weirdo. I would say weirdo too. Uh, but, but I do everybody, I do cheese for everybody, but me, like if I'm making, I, I'll make steaks on the, on, I have a little griddle. I'll make cheese steaks on the little griddle. I make it with cheese for everybody but me. Yeah. What? Yes. Yes. It's not a cheap thing, John. It's not. I'm not trying to be frugal because I make I make cheese oh, for no others. <laughs> let me guess. My wife wants to know. Let me guess. Your burger has to be well done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no pink in it at all. No. No. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. I like it well done. How do you I, like your steaks? Well. Yeah, I like everything well. You I like know it drives well it drives normal people crazy. I know, I know. I'm you won't weird. you won't eat a medium well steak or a medium steak. No, well, just well. Why not just eat shoe leather? Yes. Uh, I listen. You have to know the fine line between when it becomes shoe leather and it's just well done. There's a fine line that you can cross, and then it's too well done. I know when to get out. I know when to get it off and eat it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. See, you know, forget about what we were supposed to be talking about. This is fascinating. Um, I got to ask you some of these questions that we're seeing here. All right. 
Uh, whiz or no whiz? None. I don't. I don't do it. I don't. I, I eat a plane. Big sales. Big sales says. Uh, let me go back to Big sales question here, Rob. If popcorn is on the bar and everyone eats out of it, will you? Everybody's eating out of the bowl of yeah. popcorn. Uh, will you? Maybe pre-COVID, and then Are I got I got freaked out. Trish said it depends on how many beers you've had. That's true. <laughs> that is very true, Trish. Um, I would say I used to not care, and then I don't know. Everything got weird with germs and COVID, and then I. Yeah, I'm probably not dipping into the. I tell you what, I will say popcorn this. on the bar. Here's what we're similar when it comes to like popcorn or the peanuts on the bar. If I see multiple hands in it, I'm not eating them. Yeah, because especially if you're too many people go to the. I'm not to get gross. Yeah. But go yeah. to the bathroom and not wash, wash their hands. The hands. I'm out. It's true. Yeah, I'm out. So that's uh, uh, okay. All right. How do you how do you fix your tacos, Steve? Good question. No uh, meat. No, it's it's it's. I I don't mind either the hard shell or the soft. Just the meat and taco sauce in it. That's my, it. No, my yeah, my kids like the you know the grated cheese and all oh, that yeah. and, and the lettuce. They they they're normal, but I eat it just the meat and the sauce. All right, JM wants to know mayo on sandwiches? Question mark. No, no, the only thing I put mayo on is tuna fish. If I eat tuna fish, hold up. You don't like a little mayo like on a ham and cheese sandwich or no mustard? Mustard. Yeah, I put mustard on it. Jeez. Uh, where did we go wrong man i know man we're too far gone now to pull it back in you know what uh, i mean the thomas burke says rob how do you feel about condiments in general uh i like everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Condiments. I'm a fan of mustard of ketchup. Uh, I don't like relish. No? No. Not even I, on a hot dog? No, I like mustard on a hot dog. When I was a kid, ketchup. I don't eat sushi, Dan. Oh, my goodness. I do not eat sushi. Um, I'm Wait, not, you don't like sushi? No. I'm not a fish fan. Uh, I'll have tuna fish, and, and uh, I like blackened grouper in the Tampa Clearwater area. Okay. Um, okay. So you've never had halibut flounder? I've tried it. I'll have, like, calamari. If, does that count as fish? I don't know. I guess it's squid. Well, you know, it's crustacean. I mean, I, yeah. No. Like, I don't do – Tone says catfish. No, I don't do any of that stuff. You've never had fried catfish? I've had it. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I listen. I, Let me guess. Oh, my wife has a good question for you: yellow mustard or brown? Yellow on my ham sandwich, brown <laughs> on my soft pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Like it's real. Eggs. I used to like eggs when I was a kid. I like scrambled eggs, and then I think I ate too much too much of it, and then I kind of lost the taste for scrambled eggs. Okay, but I used to you, eat scrambled eggs. Will you eat eggs over medium? No, no, no runny yolk. Oh, no runny yolk. Runny yolk skeeves me. No, <laughs> it skeeves you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love my eggs over medium. I love eggs over medium. No, I can't, I can't get involved in that. No. Are no. you serious? Yes. yes. Yeah, I like bacon. I like breakfast food. I like hash browns. I like sausage. I like bacon. I like pancakes. I like 
waffles. Like I'm, I like, I'm pretty good breakfast wise. I'm pretty diversified there. Now see, Jim G says, so when the burger starts looking like coal, Rob takes it off the grill. That's my kind of burger. Yeah. So you like a crunchy burger then? Yeah. Not, you, you do it. You get it off just before it gets crunchy. Yeah. That's the move. This French is, toast. No, no, Thomas, no French toast. No. You, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up. <laughs> you don't like French toast. Uh, no. Dan asked a question, where does your wife shop for your food? You eat like you're in a convalescent home. That's correct. <laughs> so she, the, the answer is she doesn't shop. She gets what she and the kids want, and I have to fend for myself is the way it works. There's no – yeah, you're not taking care of me. i got to figure it out on my own. So that, that's what I do. So, so Mr. Taz says, Rob, do you at least believe in salt and garlic powder on foods? Yes, I do. I like stuff seasoned. I do. I do. I'm not that bad, you know, with stuff, but I'm, I'm bad. Are you, I'm bad. Are, you, are you one? Will you try different seasonings on like your burger or something like that? When it's, I like to put the seasoning on and then cook it, you know, like on the grill, I'll season it and then cook it on the grill. Yeah. yeah I like that. I'm down with that. Yeah. That works. Dank burrito says we need a spouse version of sports take. No, we don't. <laughs> no. Right, so, so Philly fly asks a good question. This is, off, this is off the beaten path, but go ahead. What's that, Trish? Who? My wife said you need your own show. I think so. I think we, we could do this, Trish. I think we could do this. Um, Philly Fly asks a question. Do I What do I think of all the Delco baseball players getting drafted? He knows Tommy Kane. Philly Fly, uh, my my yeah. son, Tommy Kane, was drafted in the 19th round by the San Francisco Giants. He's a left-handed pitcher out of Maryland. My son played in-house, grade school, all the way up till he aged out of uh, Little League with, with Tommy. He was called Thomas then. Okay. We called him Thomas. Left-handed flamethrower, very good player. Uh, I'm wishing him all the best. I know the family well. Uh, I know uh, Kevin McGonigal's. Uh, I followed him. He was drafted in the 37th pick overall by the Detroit Tigers. He went to my high school. Great kid. And kid Ethan Pecco out of Ridley was taken in the sixth round out of Towson State. I wish mm. him all the best. I don't know him personally, but yeah, pretty good for for Delco. Three kids taken in the uh, the first uh, 19 rounds. So kudos to all of them. Nice. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Kevin Savard's got a great idea. The bland right. channel with Rob Ellis. I think I think we have some ideas here for, for Jacob. Yeah, my own my own food show. We could go through my weird idiosyncrasies. Yes. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And and Tone's right. Uh D Gunnick's confirmed we can't take Rob anywhere. That's correct. That's I, would ju- I would just embarrass you guys if we went anywhere. Yeah. I sat down with you at Ocean Casino and watched you eat with you when your daughter was there, and I'm like. I never knew. This. I really never knew this guy. But look at it this way: I'm a cheap date. I'm not going ordering surf and turf. I'm easy. I am so easy. I, give me pasta. Give me a. Give me a, a burger, and we're good. And I'm not costing you a lot of money. Not so, that you pay. I'd pay, but still. First of all, if I'm buying a meal and you said you're getting a well done steak, you're paying for your own steak. <laughs> if I said Rob, let's go out to eat treats on me, and you sit across from me and eat a well done steak, you're buying your own steak. First, I got you. Have you so you've never tasted lobster? I've tasted it. Yeah, I've tasted shrimp and I've tasted all these things. Yeah, it's just not my yeah. cup of tea. You, no. you you don't like shrimp either. Grilled uh, shrimp, grilled shrimp, no, no kind of shrimp. No snow crab, nah, none of that. Whoa, no 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 king crab legs. I guess it fit in well in prison. You know what I mean? Bread and water. I think I'd be good to go. <laughs> That's the only that's the only facet of prison that I would fit in well to. Yeah. So some, somebody wondered, do you like to eat Wonder Bread without the crust? Uh, no, I'm not a cut the crust off guy. I don't. I, I'm not that crazy. I like peanut butter without jelly though, just peanut butter. 
and only Peter Pan. What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. You I can't don't be like dis- Jiffy. You I can't be like disrespecting Jiff like that. Now, come I, on, don't, man. I don't like any of that other stuff. I like Peter Pan's taste the best. <laughs> no. Why did why did you get into this? Yeah, you you are we oh. don't have enough time for all this. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> uh let's see what else we got here. Um uh, oh, God. Rob is a guy who thinks black pepper is spicy. <laughs> I agree. It is. That's true. Yep. Do you like hey now? Here's one my wife likes, and I, I can't stand it. Do you eat peanut butter and bananas together? No, I don't combine them. No, I like no? peanut butter and I like bananas, but not together. Yeah. No, no. That's right. Some people yeah. find it to be a delicacy. Separate. I love I love bananas. Like I love bananas. I like apples. I like strawberries. I like grapes. I'm not anti-fruit, but I, I'm not so, I don't need to combine them. So you're telling me that you you don't enjoy a good like king crab claw. With no. dipped in dipped in hot butter. Yeah, like we'll go down to Maryland and Maggie and the kids will get the with the, you know the the the, the um the blue the, the uh, Maryland blue crabs blue crabs and they'll just go nuts and it's great good for them yeah I can't they're do that. the blue crabs they're okay but it's too much work for too small a piece of meat I it is a lot of work yes and and Dan I don't know if I could do twenty five maybe I'll just I, I could subscribe to the diet but that's Let's about see. it I'd be in trouble Rob Rob could serve twenty five years in jail and what do you what what was it. And and uh, survive on toast and cheese and Kool Aid. Uh, I, I watched. It's funny he brings that up. Did you ever watch the movie Bad Boys? Not Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Sean Penn. Yes, it's yes. a good movie. It's it one of the earliest older, older movie, but good movie. Yes, very good. And I don't know why. Like the scene was on. Do you remember the scene? These two guys like are, are they're in this like juvenile detention, and it's it's a pretty hardcore juvenile detention facility. But they they run the roost these two guys, um, and they're just messing with everybody. And finally, Sean Penn's had enough. He goes to the soda machine. This is in the eighties, yeah. and he gets a bunch of sodas and puts them in his pillowcase and comes out and just starts whacking them with yep. it. And that's how yep. he took over the. Uh... <laughs> anyway, yes, Hadley from Shawshank was in it. Yes, that's correct. Hadley, who was the prison guard from Shawshank, was in it. And that guy's in a lot of stuff. Uh, who, his name's Clancy Brown, I think is his name. He's in tons of stuff. Anyway, this has been a weird segment, but a good segment. Yes, yes. Um, um frog. Well, say, yeah, I know you 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 haven't tried frog legs. No, that no way, no way. Nope, 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 nope. Hey, fried fried frog legs are the best. What you is never it? Had, you never had what, gator bites like fried what, are, gator? what is Colorado something? Uh, oh, Rocky like, Mountain oysters. Yeah, never, never is that. Now anyway. that's where I draw the line. Uh, my photographer Brian Spielman. We went to. Went to Colorado several times covering the Eagles against Denver. Yeah, and there's a there's a place called uh the what's the place the 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 it was the first restaurant established in the Denver area. Yeah, uh, the Bighorn or something like that. Yeah. And one of their delicacies is Rocky Mountain oysters, and they bring them out to you in a bowl in a sauce. There's like fifteen or twenty of them in a bowl, mm-hmm. and I went them like this. No way. I'm looking around the tables, Rob, and there's at least seven, eight tables. People are enjoying them like they're eating popcorn, right? And so tell my, people what, what they are. They're basically bull testicles. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Yeah, I, I'd rather be hungry. I, I'm not doing that, man. Yeah. But my, I'm a photographer, Brian Spielman, enjoyed them thoroughly, said they're really good. Yeah. Tastes like, hey, more power to you. Yeah, it's whatever. Mindset, dude. Can't whatever do it. works for people. That's great. Yeah, uh, no. John Dickerson. I don't eat Rocky Mountain oysters. I have a nut allergy. <laughs> oh God! Okay. Good stuff. Oh my goodness. Good stuff. All right, oh, all right. 
All right, good segment, people. We we appreciate it. Strange, but good. Oh, uh, man. Uh, all right, the question when we come back. Greatest musical artist of the 21st century. That's 2000 to today. I got one for you. I got a all good right. one. We'll do it when we my, come my back. Wife up, my wife brought up a good one. I'm not a big fan, but you know, I mean, right. everybody across, everybody on the on the planet <clears throat> is a fan of the person my wife mentioned. But you're I'm not. not a big fan. All right, but I got one for you. Okay, all right, I'll give you mine. You want to give us yours? Jump in, uh, everybody. All right, uh, he's Derek. I'm Rob. <laughs> <laughs> big seals. Rob would throw up at the smell of chitlins. Yeah, you probably would. you would because I, I tell you what. When they're cooking, yeah. you smell like you're in a sewer, a septic tank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. I hear but you. I, I grew up on them. We yeah. have them for holidays. I don't eat yeah. them now. But uh-huh. yeah. yeah. See, Kevin says Marvin Gaye, 21st century, Kev. Marvin, unfortunately, yeah. left us in, in 84. How about that story, yeah. man? His dad took him out. Woo! That's rough. That was rough. But Marvin was spectacular. All right. Let's get one in. We'll come back. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through the pain and inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you're not really sure what to do, who to turn to. Well, ProAction Restoration are the people that you turn turn to. They are on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I've gone through it. I had, I had the same problem at my parents' house. Years ago, I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right out, fixed everything. Price was right. Crew was great. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. Again, could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? 
Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us. I am the weird food eater, uh, Rob you, Ellis. We missed, a, we missed a really good question. Out of all the yeah. questions that was asked, yeah, was, uh, Tone, Tone had a good question. He said, "Rob, who hurt you?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what's here? Here's the weird thing, right? Uh, my parents would eat anything. Like they were, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a learned uh, eating behavior in the house. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was. They, they had. They were like you. Like whatever. Let's go. Like you know. I'll try. Yeah, at least try it. Yeah. Same. They were. They were exact. They. It drove them nuts when I was a kid. You know. But, so did, but was, didn't you grow up in a house like in my house? Hey, you, uh, whatever we put on the table is what you're you going to eat. Yeah. So they were. They were like. Yes. To answer your question. Yes. I, it wasn't, I wasn't like catered to like, Oh, well, well then we're going to make it. No, it was like, this is what it is. And you're either going to be hungry or you're going to eat this, you know? So it was, there was some, I would, I would force myself to eat stuff when I was younger, just to eat, you know, just to not be starved, but yeah. See, absolutely. JM said fear, fear factor for Rob is a Chinese buffet. True. Very Have true. you ever tried Chinese buffet? Uh, I tried Chinese food. Yes. No, I didn't ask you that. I said, have you ever tried no, Chinese no, buffet? No, no, no. Why? Eh. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Mr. Taz says, do you need mental help? That's a whole different story. Yes, that's a different story, man. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. So we posed the question before the timeout about the greatest musical artist. People yeah. are missing the 21st century part here uh, for, yeah, for whatever 21st reason. century people yeah, like i'm seeing marvin luther vandross they're great donnie nobody's hathaway, arguing all great yeah nobody's arguing how great donnie hathaway is I'm, I'm i'm right there with you but like we're talking about 2000 to present that that's not those guys okay so it's basically that i bring it up because beyonce's playing the link tonight i think tonight and tomorrow i believe is it two nights, I I bet you, two nights and tomorrow. i bet you it's sold out <clears throat> oh i don't doubt that for a second but um, and it's going to be crazy. I'm sure it'll be wild down there. But so she's playing here tonight in Philadelphia. And, you know, really, she came on the scene with Destiny's Child right around that yep. time. Okay? Oh, yeah. So that's why I picked it up there. All right. So, Derek, why don't you start? I see. I, 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 let me pull a couple up before. So uh, Eminem's getting a lot of love uh, yep. from JM yep. and Mr. Taz. Hard to argue either one of those two. Ray yep. says it's Beyonce for sure. All right, Derek, so why don't you jump in and then I'll, we'll, we'll get to everybody else what they have to say. So my wife heard your question and she immediately said, you know, Taylor Swift. Yep. And I would say I would agree with her because everywhere Taylor Swift goes, 
they sell out. You have people scaling the walls to try to get in. And she was just recently at the link. Yep. And that place was was packed. Three nights, Derek. And I was part of one of those drop-offs. I've never seen anything like it. Tell the truth. You were there and you bought a t-shirt, did you? <laughs> Tell the no, truth. I I I didn't I was I was on drop-off duty, which in and of itself was a thing. See, I I I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say I was what Slasher Taylor Swift is the greatest musical artist of the 21st century. Just look at her album sales and streaming. I I can't disagree with that, you know. Yep. But you know, it's kind of like flavor of the month. I'm, yeah, I'm, no, this is what you it's just what you yeah, it's your taste. I, I would have to say Bruno Mars. I love Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, energetic, puts on a great show. I think Bruno Mars comes as close to Michael Jackson in terms of showmanship, and he has a great voice. He has got some prints in him, too. Yes. He has such a high octave range. That dude dude makes you tired just watching him, man. If I have one Bruno Mars complaint, I wish he would just do more. Like, I don't don't feel like there's a lot of – I know he did Silk Sonic and that kind of stuff, but I want to see him – crank some more stuff out i agree we don't you get know. a ton from him um, yeah. i think he's an incredible showman and incredible voice you know i know taylor swift is huge in people and i'm not gonna sit here and dis- disrespect taylor because she is phenomenal i'm just not a big fan of taylor swift mm-hmm. so I, I, when you asked that question when we talked about earlier um initially i said michael jackson who carried over yeah but michael he, jackson he he started fortunately he passed you know yeah, right, he went right from early. the 70s the 80s the 90s yeah. and the early 2000s yeah um, but yeah, I, I would say, I would say Bruno. All right. Good. Look, Dank has a good one. Justin Timberlake's a pretty, pretty good force. Yes. Uh, you know, yep. for sure. Um, all right, look, I would agree with Trish. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I think it's Taylor Swift. Uh, I think it's Taylor yep. Swift be for the, the volume of work. She plays instruments. She writes her songs. She performs like Springsteen does for like four hours, three, four hours yes. up there. You she get sells, your money's worth. You get your money's worth. She sells out stadiums, you know, on multiple dates. Her streams are second to none. And it's really hard to do that now. But yep. what do you what do you see a lot of times now is people combine? Like uh who was Billy Joel with? Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks were, were combined and they played, I think, at Citizens Bank. I forget what it was. Not, not like a lot of musical artists will combine. Nothing wrong with that, but that's just no, it's hard no. to sell that ticket based on your own. I'll yep. give you a couple others. Let me throw a couple others your way. Tell me what you think. I think Rihanna deserves some love. No question. And she's a machine. I, like she, man, Incredible she voice. Yep. 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 She's great. I would say Adele is pretty good. Oh my goodness. Woo. That, I can listen about to Adele voice. all day, man. Her, vo- yep. her voice range is incredible. Yep. Oh, I would put goodness. her out there. Uh, I would say Drake. I don't necessarily love Drake like some pe- other people do. I'm not, I, can, I can do without Drake, uh, but he would he would get consideration. A lot of people think Kendrick Lamar uh, should be in consideration. Yes, very entertaining, high energy. Yes, Lady Gaga is pretty pretty still pretty strong. Lady, oh my goodness, you want to talk about voice? She can sing any range you can think of. She can even sing operatic voice yep. if she had to. Yeah, oh my goodness, she's got versatility. Like yes. She did the thing with uh, Tony Bennett, you, you know, where they were doing some of his yes. stuff. Uh, I would say she's pretty good. Jay Z, as Dank says, I would agree with that. Um, but you know, there, it's it it's a pretty good. You know, uh, Coach Marcus says her, who, who yeah. she's really blown up lately. Oh, Maggie's jumping in with her, one of her favorites. She loves pink. Pink she okay. loves pink. All right, pink okay. Pink. Kanye, and that, uh, Dank Kanye, uh, I can do without Kanye. Yeah, I, I'm. I I just 
I don't like him as a guy. So it yeah. makes it really hard for me to look at him objectively. I'm being honest with you. He's just so far out there, man. I, Every, I don't know. Everybody you mentioned is a phenomenal talent. I would not go see any of them in person. Not one. Nope. Would you see Bruno in person? Nope. Wow. Nope. Not doing okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not fighting crowds, dude. I'm not doing that. No. All right. No. Let me ask you this. All right. So you don't have to fight crowds. It could, you, you'd have to pay 20 bucks on demand to watch their concert. Would you do that? And, and if, if so, who would you choose? Oh yeah. I, I watch on concert. Like okay. I said, I watch Bruno. I, Bruno. But, but I'm saying who's the one that you would, you would pony up for if you're, yeah, Hey, I'm, I'm going to sit down on the couch. You know, I'm going to spend 20 bucks and I'm going to, I'm going to soak this in for the next two hours. Who would it be? Bruno, Adele. Bruno. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe, let's see. See the thing with Eminem. Eminem is one of the greatest rap lyricists that ever that ever lived. No doubt. But you know, he's too much profanity in there for me. Okay. See, that's fair. Um, the same thing with um, yeah, Eminem's prolific in terms of his yeah. writing. You know, and, I, I, I think Tupac was like that. In, in, Tupac, you know, in ter- Tupac in was ahead of his time. If you listen yeah. to a lot of Tupac stuff, yeah, and, and a lot of his stuff, they, they talk about how he foresaw the future. In terms of a lot of the, the stuff he talked about politically, yep. and how some of that stuff has ha- happened since his departure from this world. Yep. Uh, Tupac was an incredible uh, lyrics writer, mm-hmm. as is Eminem. Yeah. Um, but because of the profanity, I can't, you can't listen so much of it. You know. I got you. I love the beats. Uh, I love you know the the fact when you look at where they came from, came mm-hmm. from nothing, to make themselves into what they were. I agree. Are, incredible. This, the journey's incredible. You talk, you talk about the consummate rags to riches stories. Those two are at the head of the list when it comes to that. I agree. Uh, another one is like uh, the Notorious B.I.G. Biggie Small. Yep. Biggie Small grew up dirt poor. They didn't know if they were going to have food to eat. They could pay the monthly rent. And it's yep. a shame when you look at Tupac and Biggie Small that their lives ended as early as they did. But were incredible talents, and they came along at the right time. Unfortunately, they're not here to see. To, to enjoy, you know, the fruits, yeah, of, the the fruits of their labor. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a sad story. You're right. And it's, it's a story of a lot of folks, you know, who, who checked out young, unfortunately, you know, and that wasn't their fault. They got killed, but I'm just saying, oh, no. uh, oh God. So here we hear here, here we go. Here oh, we no. go. No. So I, did I tell you, I got drugged to a Barry Manilow concert. This was like, what? Yeah. So like six, seven years ago, we went by with, uh, rest in peace my 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 uh, my brother-in-law passed uh so he got us tickets it was my brother-in-law my sister-in-law and maggie and i and we went to see sorry there's a fly um uh, barry manilow and we went to see barry and actually he wasn't that bad he was not that okay. bad see the op- see the operative words that you just spoke were that bad That's no he as much as i knocked him and i kind of made i was like oh he was he did a pre- all things considered, uh, he did a pretty good job. And, I, you know, he, he didn't – he did like two straight hours. I'll give him that. And then he was cooked. You know, he was done after that. But he Kevin, did a good job. Kevin Savard says, does Rob listen to Barry when he eats his Cheerios? That's how I get motivated for the show. I I, I pump on some some Barry in the house, and then I eat my Cheerios. Yes. Hey, JM, JM, good line. He writes the songs that make the whole world sing. Good line. Good line. That was like a great it. line. A good lyric. Yeah. Uh-huh. We were in the eighth row. We we were so close we could see his plastic surgery, like like this. Oh, Barry! Barry could barely move his lips, but yes, we were that close. First, first of all, you were at a Barry Manilow concert, and your wife made you sit eight rows from the stage. Yes, 
What did yep. you do to her? I'm did a good husband. Huh? I, I, that's all I can tell you. I'm a good husband. Yeah. I'd have been sitting there watching my watch every five minutes. Is it over yet? I I listen. I hear you. Uh, all right, I'll, I will throw one in there for one of my favorite bands too. Okay, who I love. Yeah, these are the. There aren't a lot of like kick-ass rockers anymore. Okay, Foo Fighters are still a great rock and roll okay. band. Now, okay. sadly, they lost their drummer Taylor Hawkins about a year and a half ago, who was a great drummer. But they're still Dave Grohl is who was formerly Nirvana's drummer, uh, is is the lead guy. They're awesome. I, I will. I love Foo Fighters and his book. If you ever get a chance to read his book, okay. I read it about two years ago. It was awesome. It's a great book. Who would you pay for to go see in a concert? I would pay for you two. Okay. I would pay for Foo Fighters. I would pay. I you know I. I'd probably pay to go watch Adele. Uh, Taylor Swift. It's just too insane. There's just too much going on. I can't get. I, I can't. Too get many involved. people screaming. Man can't listen to the it's music. Too much. It, it, it's too much. So I, I would probably you know, take a step back. You know, unfortunately, I'd like to see a lot of the older folks who either aren't making music or are gone. Like, I, you know, Prince. You know, whatever. It's a shame, man. We just we've lost a lot. Now, if you just said if you just said anybody, I definitely I would I would pay to see Michael Jackson in concert. I would pay to see Prince in concert. I think it's a great question. You know, it, it, drives, it drives my wife nuts. I pay to see Stevie Nicks because Stevie I play, Nicks is great. I played a song. She, my wife just gave me a look. Well, <laughs> you could have gone and see, she was with Billy Joel not that long ago. See, I listen to the song Gypsy every day. My wife claims I'm in love with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks is seventy something years old. I'm in love right. with Stevie Nicks. So, uh, oh, my wife goes, so are you? <laughs> that's right. Hey, John Dickerson. What? Kelly Clarkson? No. No, 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 no. No. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> T-Rex arms? No. Yeah. What does it kill you, Vic? Just don't All right. So, <laughs> Sill says, is Shoei Otani the greatest of all time? I can't say that yet, Sills. The greatest of all time? I can't say that Ooh. yet. What he's doing is unique. It's in and of itself. Like, Babe Ruth only pitched for about three years. Yeah. For this guy to dominate on the mound, and to dominate at the plate like he's doing, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. But he, if he can ca- if he can carry this on for 10 more years, there you go. Then we're having that conversation a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's too early in his his tenure to even to even to ponder that question. Yeah. Um, right now he is such a phenomenal no- uh, novelty. Yeah. Because we haven't seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. But if you're right, and I was thinking the same thing when you before, when you spoke it. If he can sustain it over a span of a decade, for sure. And you know, look at where he is now. He's young enough. I mean, what is what, what's he what is he now? Oh, he's he's not old. I, I I'm I'm gonna look at. It. I think he's 26 ish. Uh, I'll look that, it up. Yeah, yeah. So not 30, old. 36 is still is still doable for a guy like that. He is. Uh, let's see. All right, he is. Uh, uh, Shohei Otani is 94. He's 29. Oh. He just turned 29. Uh, on the, oh, we had him on the birthdays that we did. Yeah, he's okay. 29. All right, so let, let's say he does it. Let, let's not even say 10. Let's say he does it for seven more years. Similar to this rate, where he's he's arguably the best power hitter in the game and, and a top five pitcher. How long has he been in the majors? I'll say four years. Yeah, I want to say four years. I think he so broke seven, in. Yeah, go ahead. So seven more years would give him 11 years in the majors. I would say seven more years. That's a definitive uh, question. Right now, no. 
Can his body hold up? For yeah, can your arm hold up at this yeah. rate? Yeah. So he signed with the Angels in 17. 18 was his rookie year. All right, so 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20. So this is his sixth year. Sixth year. Okay, sixth year. Was his sixth year? Yeah, believe it or not. He just give him 13 years. Yeah, he was a rookie in 18. That's a lot. That's a that's a good stretch, I think. That's I think a heavy that's stretch. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair topic. Seven years from now, I don't I don't think we can have that conversation right now about him. Yeah. Uh I mean, Sills, he will, in my opinion, get 10 years, 600 million. I believe he will get that. I uh, if there is a player that comes close to getting that kind of money, it is him. Yep. That young man is about to be paid. Yep. Like yep. he never imagined. So I think it comes down to well, I think the Angels are gonna do everything they can to keep him, but I think the Dodgers go hard. There's an appeal there where he can stay. You know, he doesn't have to move or any of that, right, if he likes the West Coast. I think the Mets go hard, and I think the Yankees are in the conversation. Maybe Boston. I don't know about Boston. But the thing is, it's a very small pond. You know, there's yeah, a very small yeah. pond of, of teams that can even even think about fishing for him, you know? Um, see, I, I'm looking at his stats. So this is his fifth year. Yeah. Um, it was 18, 19, right? 20, 21, 22. He yeah. missed He also had Tommy John. He's already had Tommy John once. Oh, he has. And he's pitching like this after Tommy John? Yeah. Wow. See, I'm looking at his overall numbers. Um, it's it's the first, first couple of years in the majors, he didn't do much. You know, his first year, he only played 10 games. Second year, well, this is pitching. He pitched 10 his first year, pitched two his second year. Yeah. Um, Hitting-wise, uh, let's see. His his ABs. I mean, it's more – he his this year he's hitting for average. His average hasn't always been super high, but it's the power numbers have, have been there. Well, see, the, the only most- year he had super power numbers, Derek, is when he came back from the Tommy John. Okay. It, it was, it was kind of like Harper. Like, you, you're just not all the way there yet with the arm. The most home runs he's hit in a season – is before this year was 15. No. Wait, wait a minute. I'm looking here. Wait. No. That's not right. Oh, opponent. I'm sorry. Yeah, opponent. you're looking at what he's giving oh, up. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let me see him. Okay, batting. Let me go to his batting. Okay. So, that okay, I messed up there. That's okay. So, wow, he had 46 home runs in 21. Yeah. 34 last year. Mm-hmm. He already has 32 home runs this year. Halfway through the season. Right. So his numbers are – His numbers this year are insanity. It's craziness what he's doing. Dude, his first year in the majors, he had 22 home runs. Yeah, and that was getting used to, you know, American baseball and, and, you know, coming over from Japan. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think the Angels thing – here's the problem the Angels have, right? So Trout's hurt again. Yep. He's out with the hammock bone. He had a surgery. He may not be back until September. They were already starting to fade. Right, they as a team. Oh. I'm saying. So wow. now, if you look at them in the AL, they're 45 and 46. Man, like you got Baltimore with 54 wins. Yeah, you yeah. got the Blue Jays with 50. The Astros, the Yankees, they're not catching those teams. No, they're, they're not, not. catching. I don't think they're catching Seattle or or Boston. So it's no. going to be another year where they're out of it. If you're Artie Moreno, do you the, the owner of the Angels? Do you then say we got to move him at the trade deadline? If he's if we if we're convinced he's not coming back you know it's a tough call 
It's a, it's a tough call because then you're saying to your fans, why should you show up? You know, like what, for what purpose did you even, because Trout's out and now Otani's gone. You're going to see if that's going to look like, uh, yeah, you know, a ghost town in that place. People, not only that, but people are going to start pitching around him with Trout out of the lineup. They're going to start pitching around him now, which will hurt his numbers. Yep. I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I could see him wearing a Dodgers, Yankees, or Red Sox uniform after this season. Three teams I don't want to see him go to. Don't discount the Mets. That dude's willing to spend anything. Yeah, but the Mets spent $500 million this year. I know. I'm just saying he's a maniac. Like, he, Cohen doesn't care. Can you imagine him in New York? No. Either the I, Yankees or the Mets. The, the marketing just for him alone? I know. In, the, would, in that city? It would be like nothing we've ever seen. You put him with the Dodgers, it's just not fair. Yeah. And I guarantee you, this this guy, I guarantee you, somebody in the Dodgers is already talking to his agent, making a push. For sure. This guy. You and know they're that. saying, they're saying, hey, you love it out here. You don't have to move, man. Why would just, he want to go? Yeah, why would he want to yeah. go anywhere else? You know, right down the road. Yeah. I mean, think about with the, the Angels with Trout and Hotani. Trout's only made the playoffs once in his whole career. They have just so wasted these two guys. It's crazy. Now, here's crazy. something that's interesting. If you go back to last night's All-Star game, yeah. when he stepped to the plate, did you hear the, the people screaming, come to Seattle? Yes. Yes. Now, we'll say this. Seattle has a huge Asian population. Yep. It's huge. And Ichiro could be a pretty good recruiter. Yes. If anybody could recruit, Ichiro would be a great recruiter for him. Yep. But will Seattle shell out the money? That's the big question. That's the big question. Well, if you, you feel like you're you're going to sell out every night, I, you know, but yeah, I, I, you're right. Don't totally count them out of this. No, but yeah. in terms of just deep pockets, there's no deeper pockets in major league baseball than the Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, the Red Sox. No. And, and the Phillies are in the conversation in terms of deep pockets, but they're not going to be in on this one. They, they're no, they're tapped just, out at no. this point. Yeah. No, yep. you got Trey Turner and Bryce Harper both making 300 million. Not happening. No, no, no. You're not going to have three of those guys. No, you're not. You're just not. And Big uh, Show says Seattle. Seattle's owners are Japanese. Yes. No, Seattle, I'm saying that, that Seattle. Is. Seattle's in the mix. Seattle's in the mix. Yeah. Dude, that would be a perfect spot for him. It's just a matter of you know, can that market with? I don't know all the ins and the outs of their TV deals and all that. I don't know. Like, can they sustain it? I don't know. <laughs> it would be a coup because they have a lot of good young players. Like they have some really. Wow. quality young young players it would be pretty awesome to see if that was the case i think it'd be it could be similar to if you go back to the early 80s and I, can't, man, I can't think of his name the pitcher the dodgers had the young pitcher baby. fernando 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 the, the 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 latin population came out in droves when fernando valenzuela pitched for the dodgers yep and i could see this happening in seattle if otani decides to go to seattle 100 percent, like like Fernando was is a, a native of Mexico. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of you know Mexican, Hispanic, that that kind of Absolutely. thing, and, up and down and, California. And they, I mean, it, that was their guy, man. And it was it was he really did. cool. And, and he had a perfect personality yes. way about him. He was he. Oh man, Fernando was awesome. He was like a big kid, young young baby faced chubby kid yep. who was just happy to play baseball. Who became the piper in the major leagues when he stepped on the mound. It was a nationally televised game. Yep. Stadium was full. You saw the Mexican flags raped everywhere. Yep. You know, um, and Otani could be a Pied Piper in Seattle. Agreed. It would totally. be a huge, huge, yep. cute coup for Seattle's ownership if they could get him up there. Sure would. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout in. We'll uh, turn our sights. Been an interesting show. 
show today. We, well, this show went off real, real quick. <laughs> we'll turn our sights to the uh, to the NFL, and we'll tell you who is the uh, the Hard Knocks team. Uh, Derek, this this Washington Commander John Gruden uh, Roger Goodell story by ESPN.com is wild. It's like so espionage we, stuff, dude. I'm telling you. All right, let's do that. We'll do it all when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Uh, they are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, it is storm and hurricane season. Uh, we're in the midst of it. So it's a good time, if you get a good day, to get your trees evaluated, all right, before it, it, the real hard stuff hits. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We are back. Yes, we are. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. You all right? Oh, I've enjoyed myself today. Uh, <laughs> this has been one for the ages. Food, music. Uh, we've worked in some Eagles here and there. Uh, yes, it has been an interesting one. Uh, for sure. Um, yes, I saw Adam ask, have the guys discussed Ringo not signing? Yes. Yes. Keely Ringo is still not signed uh, by the Eagles. He's the only draft pick not signed. I'm not sure why they haven't signed him yet. I mean, he slotted uh, as to where he was taken. It's weird. There's no negotiations, um, basically. Yeah. I, I, here's what my best guess, Adam, is this is 100% done before Tuesday, before you know, you have the, the the rookies reporting and all that kind of stuff would be my guess. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Unless they're just hemming and hawing on the front money, you know. Could the, be. The overall numbers are not going to change because he's slotted. But, you know, the agent could be trying to secure more guaranteed money. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. And maybe some bonuses for playing yeah. time, you know, it, it, they're trying to work in and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, I would be very, very surprised if this isn't done uh, by the time camps. I mean, can you remember the last time there was a holdout? No, no, I can't. To be honest, no, no, I don't either. Hey, so, is so good at getting his people under contract by due dates. It's it's almost academic with him, right? That, and that's why it is weird that it's it's sort of an outlier. But we'll see what ends up happening. Um, all right, I, when I when I said holdouts, uh, Landon didn't sign until the twenty sixth, according to Dak. Okay, I mean that's that's fair. Um, so a couple things: Jets, hard knocks. Uh, nobody wanted it. They didn't want it, but the league mandated that they do it and they're going to be doing it. Um, why wouldn't you, if you're the league, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers there, you have, it's New York. You have a team that, that has the potential to be really good uh, for the first time in a long time. There's all the Zach Wilson stuff floating around. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're the league, it makes perfect sense from a marketing standpoint. I guarantee, I guarantee you Aaron Rodgers is not happy about that. Um, as private as he is. Um, but from a league standpoint, you couldn't pick a better team to force to be on hard knocks because there's so much intrigue about this team. And everybody has been talking about them since the deal was finalized to get Rodgers there. Everybody's been talking about this Giants team. I mean, it's Jets team. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a natural that it, it, a lot of people, even if you're not a Jets fan, would like to peek in the back door to see what this team is like, you know, personality wise. Um, you know, you, and you know, a lot of these guys are guarded. They're not really going to open up like they normally would. Mm -hmm. Some do. You know, some of the hard knocks were entertaining because some guys are just characters no matter what. Yep. They don't care. And, and a lot of guys like to play to the to the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't know that if that's the case with this Jets team, but a lot of people want to peek in and see exactly what they're looking like in a top 10 defense. You went out. I mean, you had the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, which is unheard of that you would have both. Um, you've added some new pieces in the passing game. Some of them are Aaron Rodgers buddies from green Bay, right? 
you have a few future first ballot Hall of Fame famer in Aaron Rodgers. Why wouldn't you want? I mean, so as much as the Jets didn't want to do it, the league picked the perfect team to be the subject this year. I agree. I agree. Uh, two former Eagle great players uh, have uh, been nominated by the Hall of Fame Senior Committee as a semifinalist for the 2024 class of, of the Hall of Fame. Uh, offensive tackle, defensive tackle Al Wistert and linebacker Maxie Bond, uh, who both won championships in Philadelphia, who are in the Eagles Hall of Fame, are, are part of that group. Uh, Wizard played from 43 to 51, so he was on the 48 and 49 championship team. He was a member of the All-Decades team in 1940s. He was a two-way player. Uh, so, you know, you talk about a great player. It was nicknamed the Big Ox. Uh, also played the inaugural uh, Pro Bowl in 1951. Wistert was uh, was a fifth rounder out of Michigan in 43, played his whole career here. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yep. His number 70 was retired by the Eagles. He passed away in 2016. Anyway, so there, there you go. Uh, Bond began his career in Philly in 60 as the number 20 overall pick out of Georgia Tech uh, and helped the Eagles win the championship that rookie year. He played th- through 65 with the Eagles, finished his career with the Rams, and Washington nine-time Pro Bowler. Was an all-pro selection in 64. Um, 84 years old, he was d- inducted in the Eagles Hall of Fame at 15. So there you go. Okay. All right. So I'm just passing those along. Um, all right. So let, let's dig into this one, Derek. This one, it, it, it's a long read. So I would say give yourself some time, sit down. It's Don Van Natta, who was an investigative reporter for ESPN. And he wrote a lengthy piece uh, regarding John Gruden, uh, the leaked emails that really did him in, uh, Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder, and they they all how they all sort of tie into one another. And tell me, tell me if you your takeaway is different than mine. But my overriding thought here on this was, yeah, it looks a lot like Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen, who were the ones Gruden Gruden had sent emails to Bruce Allen about a number of different things when he was right. This before he was with the Raiders the second time he was just broadcaster then about personal stuff mm-hmm. and suddenly they were leaked. And, and, and the thought is that Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen, who was his right-hand man leaked these things, um, which ultimately did Gruden in Roger Goodell was, was in favor of it because Gruden bad mouth too. Yep. Um, and so the thought is that Goodell and Snyder were both in cahoots with this. As time went on, Snyder had always protected, again, allegedly, had always protected. Goodell has always protected Snyder. But as time went on, Snyder started some real strong-arming stuff with Goodell, saying basically, you know, I'll take you down, I'll take everybody down. And then eventually, Goodell got to the point where we got to get him out too. So it's a lot of dirty pool going on here. And Gruden's argument is like, basically I wasn't a coach at the time. I never got due process. I couldn't defend myself. You know, Mark Davis was basically like, you're hitting me with this out of nowhere. And and you're forcing me to fire this guy. Anyway, I'm not defending Gruden and what he had to say. He, there was, there were racial undertones. There was misogynist stuff. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying this is a lot. It feels like a lot of dirty pool here. Uh, that was going on here with the league and Snyder. I still can't get over the fact that the feds uh, looked at over 650,000 emails from that organization. And yet Gruden's were the only ones that were leaked out. Yep. You know? 
say what you want to say about John Gruden, but that's that in itself is sketchy. Um, yeah. And I believe Goodell set before a congressional hearing and denied any knowledge of anything. And now it's coming out. He knew about this stuff and approved it. See, so, but yet Goodell just got an extension. Yeah. The owners just gave him a multi-million dollar extension. Mm -hmm. And Gruden is sitting on the outside looking in. Now, Gruden obviously attacked Goodell. It wasn't a fan of him. He attacked uh, attacked DeMar DeMar Smith, um, head of the NFLPA. Um, you know, some racial undertones there. Um, but the fact that he's the only one made the scapegoat out of this whole thing. Yep. I want to know what some of these other emails, what, what about some of the other emails? You right. know, you know, Daniel Snyder had to have a whole bunch of emails in there somewhere. And you're going to tell me not one of these emails was offensive in some way to someone. Somebody. And, yeah. and suddenly that's put out there. And then Roger Goodell covers it all up. Like he always does. It's a job. Well, that's his man. job. That's his job is to cover it up. Right. But that that's was allowed to get out. Yes. Because but, he had an agenda against Gruden because Gruden yes. bad mouthed him in this. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Um, so if, if, if this story is true, and you don't write a story, first of all, you can the tell the story is well thought out. Yeah. Anonymous sources, all this stuff. You don't publish a story like that unless you are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything you've gotten is true. So if this stuff is true, then that means this is far from over. You know, this is this is because some of this could come back on the good day. Wait a minute. You lied under oath. You basically told us you knew nothing. And now we're finding out that you knew more than you let on. And you and Snyder both. Well, you got a pissed off Gruden who who is looking for, you know, vengeance. He's, he's suing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Gruden and his attorney are digging up every you know, you know, rock and stone that they can they can overturn here to go after Goodell and or, you know, Washington. Um, when it's all said and done, Rob Gruden may get more money out of this lawsuit than he he made than he was getting over the the ten year contract that the Raiders were paying, which was ten million a year, by the way. Yeah, the Raiders, yeah, a hundred million dollars. He may he may equal that in in lawsuit settlement easily, easily. So we'll see. The problem is it's likely he'll never coach again if that's ultimately what his goal is still. But then again, the NFL, they may have come to some settlement out of court and maybe it allows him. I don't know what happens, but the fact that like Snyder had Goodell as an ally, it it seems like. And then when the, when the, uh, the fed started breathing down Snyder's neck for, for the workplace environment and all that other stuff. And Goodell had to suspend them, whatever they were calling it. They weren't even calling it a suspension, whatever. That's when Snyder then turned on Goodell. And and that's what there was some presentation. It was like a PowerPoint. And he like flashed these pictures that were apparently, you know, just like uh, pictures that he could use against him, so to speak. Oh, yep. just, just so you know, that's there. He tried oh, to yeah. strong arm Goodell. And then Goodell was like, now we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah, even like Jerry Jones had sort of like defended Snyder for a while, and then he was like, "Dude, like, what are we doing with this guy?" So, Snyder, look, more than anything else, Snyder is just such a creep. I mean, on on such a a high level. Well, he's he's. I'm sure he's not the only one. He's just the most visible one. Yeah, I'm sure he's not the only one. You know, we we don't know a lot about most of the owners in the NFL. We we, we don't. We we see Ursay step to the forefront every now and then. We know Robert Kraft. Jerry Jones is as public as anybody in the league, but when you really think about it, most of the other owners hide behind the organization. They have their front men. They have the presidents. They have the GMs. They have the head coaches. They have the players. They don't have to come out and say anything. 
It's just a, it's an investment for them. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we don't know. There could be another Donald, uh, Daniel Snyder in the midst of the owners. We I'm don't, sure there know. is. I'm sure there is stuff that's been covered up. Like I, I just and, and Bruce Allen's brother is the former governor of Virginia, according to Dan. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. He went, you know, he went to Congress. Um, yeah. Like honestly, man, I, I see. Ray thinks Snyder's an outlier. I don't think anybody is maybe going to the extremes that that Snyder did, but. No. No. You know, when when you have that amount of email data and all that's gleaned out of it is, is what, what Gruden said. Feels like there was an agenda to get Gruden for me. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I'm with JM. He says, I can't wait until those 675,000 emails are, are uh, collect, what? collated in a, oh, collated searchable, in a searchable database. database. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see that because there are going to be a whole lot of people backpedaling if that happens. Oh, <laughs> Yes, uh, I would say so. I would say so. Uh, Kyler Murray says last year was ne- uh, necessary. Good will come out of it. Last how bad they were. Yeah, how ba- how, essentially how bad they were. Yeah. Really? That's what he good says. Will come out of, good will come out of it? Let's see. It, it happened uh, for a re- He says, uh, this is what he says. He's remained silent since his injury, but he opened up about some things in an interview with the in the team's in-house media staff. He said, quote, the energy, the aura, the vibes going into the season were all negative. Uh, there had been a lot of frustration. Uh, yes, yeah, so he's a big reason why. I agree. I agree. He said, quote, it happened for a reason. The things we were doing weren't sustainable for success. <clears throat> it was necessary and in turn good will come out of it. Really? Well, it, you know what that sounds like? Not me. Yeah. yeah that was Cliff Kingsbury. Insane. It was the guy who was gone. Well, if that's the case, there's going to be a whole lot of that again this year because you already had players talk about Kyler Murray needs to grow up, be more of a leader. You had uh, the player that left to go to Denver, I believe it was, an yeah. offensive lineman. Yes. It came out and said Kyler Murray needs to grow up and learn how to be a leader, basically. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, if one says – if one comes out and says it, you know many are thinking it. No doubt. That haven't said it. Yep. Yep. So I if agree. that is the case – People are looking at Kyler Murray cross-eyed to see what he is or is not this year, especially mm-hmm. coming off that injury. Yeah, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Uh, all right, let me give you the rest of the, the the coaches and the contributors who were semifinalists for the Hall of Fame. You ready? Yeah, Bud Adams, who owned the Oilers for a long time, who, I don't know. He, he wasn't exactly a beloved guy, but whatever. Rune Arledge, no. who was the ABC executive who, who you know, helped, uh, you know, put Monday Night Football on the map. Yeah. Uh, forgive me. I don't know all these guys. Co Brocato. I don't know who that is. Tom Coughlin. Uh, there's Alex Gibbs, the old offensive line coach. Ralph Hay, Mike Holmgren, Bucko Kilroy, Robert Kraft. I'm giving you some of the highlights. I'm not going to give you everybody. Uh, Rich McKay, John McKay, Virginia McCaskey, Art Modell. I didn't realize some of these guys. Art Modell's not in the Hall of Fame. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Carl sure. Peterson, Dan Reeves, Art Rooney Jr., Marty Schottenheimer. George Seifert, Mike Shanahan, uh, John Wooten. So there, there's there's some of the names of, of guys who are in. I, there's that's a pretty good list right there. How do you pick from that list? I know. My goodness, you're right. Uh, just Rune Arledge. Rune Arledge set the tone for football as we know it today. Big time in terms of viewership. You know. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kraft, look at what his organization did over a span of 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, second, Art Modell, um, another, you know, pioneer. 
in the game of modern football today. Tom Coughlin, whether you liked him or not, Tom Coughlin was a winner. Yeah. You know, um, Mike Holmgren, a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. How do you pick from this list? That's a tough one. That is a that is a challenging list. That's for sure. All right, you ready to do the greatest? Ready to pick up the uh, series? Uh, so each oh, and every yes, each and every day we are leading up to training camp. We will do a different team and go through their greatest players, ten of their greatest players. Uh, we're doing the Seattle Seahawks. We're doing the Seahawks yes, today. All right, you got crack uh, at number one, D Gun. Uh, you got to start with Russell Wilson. Um, when you consider where Russell Wilson came from, uh, third round pick. Many thought he was too small to be a starting quarterback in the National League. Took the role as a rookie at the start of Seattle. And except for the last year in his tenure, I believe Russell Wilson had a winning record every year. He quarterbacked Seattle. Look at the numbers he put up. He led him to a Super Bowl. Um, led him to a Super Bowl win. I think he led him to two Super Bowls. One win, one loss. If I'm not mistaken. Russell Wilson, yeah. One, one, lost one. They lost the, the, yeah. the Patriots game. The Patriots, yeah. Um, I think Russell Wilson is arguably the best quarterback in the history of that organization. So he has to make that list. Okay. I would, uh, I would go with, uh, I would go Steve Largent, Largent 14 yep. years, 819 yep. receptions. Uh, he was during the Jim Zorn era and, and Dave Craig era, but the guy was a machine every single year. Um, and you know, was, was just an amazing, he was a guy who was cut by the Oilers. And ends up in Seattle, and the rest is history. So I would go Steve Largent. No question. No question. Uh, very reliable, sure-handed receiver. Not a fast guy, but a great route runner. He had eight seasons over a thousand yards receiving. Yeah, it's, yeah, he was very consistent every year. I think you know, in in 1979 and 85, he led the league in receiving yards. You know, he was one of the first players. He was a player who also played for that team in its first year of existence. Um, he, he was one of those guys. When they were, yeah, to, when they were an expansion team. Yep. 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 Turned out to be an incredible talent. And, you know, kudos to him. Got in the Hall of Fame in 1995. Yeah, absolutely. All right, who else? <clears throat> I would go with Sean Alexander, one of the smoothest running backs um, I have ever watched in my long lifespan of watching pro football. Um, tough, smooth, fast, physical, um, a great a great addition. And he only played for, he only played for them eight years hmm. in 2005. He was the offensive player of the year in the league. Uh, he had five consecutive seasons over a thousand yards. Um, he averaged more than four yards of carry in each one of those seasons. Um, I, I think he, I think he's the best, the best running back in the history of that franchise. Yeah. He, I think he was, he was a great, great runner. I, I would put him ahead of Marshawn Lynch personally uh, as yes. a running back. Uh, I go Walter Jones. Walter Jones, the left tackle. How about started all 180 games that he played as a Seahawk? Uh, incredible. You want to hear some six stats? Listen to this. He only allowed, Derek, nine holds in 5,703 attempts. Think about that. Single-digit holds in 5,703 attempts. Only gave up 23 sacks in 13 years. Jeez. That is dominance walter jones was great i mean great he was so he was so well thought off by seattle they retired his number 71 yep he as, was as uh, they should as yeah. they should yep no question dominant offensive tackle in a game um technician so, rock solid technician yep brute force nimble feet the perfect combination of everything you're looking for 
in an um and above above not above average, but one of the elite of the elite at his position. Yeah, he he was simply great. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. You you look up left tackle and it's him. Oh, um, I would add Cortez Kennedy mm-hmm. to that list. Uh, it was the 90, 1992 Defensive Player of the Year, eight Pro Bowlers, three All Pros. Um, he was the third overall pick for that team um, in nineteen ninety. And within a couple of years, he was already at Pro Bowl level. Um, just a phenomenal uh, attack, attack D lineman. Um, I played with that team, I believe, most of his career. He was there most of his career, yeah. Um, he Phenomenal, nominal specimen. Great, great jump off the ball. Great bull rush. Um, nonstop motor. Cortez Kennedy has to be on that list. Phenomenal player. Uh, defensive player of the year, 92. I mean, just just a great player. Uh, Kenny Easley, safety. Yeah. You know, uh, 84, he was a defensive player of the year. Derek, he had 10 picks in 84. Yes. That's, I mean, 10 interceptions from the safety spot? It, it, incredible. Now, it wasn't the longest career there, but he is by far one of their greatest defensive players and players, oh, period. So, yeah, Kenny Easley, the safety, was was. So good. So good. Yeah, so, he only played seven years in Seattle, but man, did he establish himself over that time frame. Yep. That guy was legit. Got another right. one? Uh, yeah. Let's go Earl Thomas. Okay. Earl Thomas was at, at the top of his game. He was the best safety in the game. Seven time pro bowler, um, three time uh, first team all pro. Uh, he was a part of that big, you know, that he was, he plays free safety for part of that Legion of boom. Yep. And, um, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, but man, would he whack a pollock? Uh, mm-hmm. he could, he could, uh, hitting sideline to sideline, anticipating, breaking up passes. Ball Hawk. Yeah. Ball Hawk. You know, he was the best free safety in the game for a long time. Uh, so Earl Thomas definitely on the back end of that defense. Good choice. Uh, good choice. Uh, look, I'll give Richard Sherman some love here. Uh, you know, when, when you talk about a bigger shutdown corner who would always take the other team's best player, you know, had came up big in, in, in playoff games, in huge spots, uh, you know, great story. He was a receiver at Stanford, and they, they converted him. Uh, somebody saw enough in him to be able to convert him when he got to uh, the, the pro level and make him a, a corner, a standout corner, and play there a long time. He was there during those Earl Thomas years that you just referenced. So, uh, yeah, I'll take and, and solid years at the end with San Francisco. But I'll take Richard Sherman absolutely on my top ten list. I will go with uh, Bobby Wagner. You know, uh, who's who's now back with Seattle. Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Uh, you talk about one of the smartest inside linebackers to play, ever played a game. You know, eight-time Pro Bowler, six-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, he was another part of that uh, Legion of Boom. Over 1,500 tackles, and he's still playing the game now. Over 1,500 tackles. Um, you talk about physicality. He set the tone for physicality with that defense in their heyday. Mm-hmm. When it was him and, and Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and all these guys back there, Bobby Wagner was the heart and soul of that defense during that era and still plays at a high level right now. Had a good year with the Rams. Now he's going back to Seattle. They were smart enough to bring him back and uh, mend whatever wounds there were between the two sides. Uh, uh, yes, I definitely had to put Bobby Wagner on this list. All right, I'll I'll uh, I'll give a little love to Cam Chancellor too, who, who you know played with those guys as well. Who was you know again part of the physicality that that defense brought to the table. They should have won. 
the fact that they didn't win that second one is ridiculous. Remember they threw it on the goal line instead of handing yeah. it off to Marshawn Lynch. You know, that, they should have two. That group should have two for sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so uh, let's see who else do I have on this list. Did you put Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, I have Marshawn. Mar- Marshawn's my number nine. I have okay. I have him on there. Yeah, I get. Look, he was like I said. I would go with Sean Alexander, maybe over him, but it's it's a debate for sure. But Marshawn Lynch was was nasty for a long time there. You know, it, it wasn't. I know he didn't play his whole career there. I know Buffalo and, and uh, the Raiders. He had other other stops, right. but he he was very very good for a long time for them. And you know, it just again physicality strength it seems like it's the buzzword with this team but he was he was that on the other side of the ball one of the greatest runs i've ever seen in the history of pro football was that touchdown run he had against new orleans who was the defending super bowl champion in that playoff game yes Seattle was such a decided underdog in that game mm-hmm. and, and uh man the way he bounced off tacklers he you know stiffed armed another guy and then he he dives backwards into the end zone what a phenomenal run. I, you know, I started run recently within the last couple of weeks on NFL Network. Mm-hmm. Still can't get over how many people he bounced off of to get to the end zone. And he wasn't the fastest guy in the world. But, man, you talk about a Sherman tank. My goodness. So, Marshawn Lynch definitely makes that. Um, I will put Jacob Green on that list also. Mm-hmm. He played for Seattle from 1980 to 91. Mm-hmm. 97 and a half career sacks. Uh, one of the organization's best pass rushers ever. No question about it. He's not a household name, but I guarantee you people in that Seattle area that, that, that watched that team through the years know exactly who Jacob Green is. I would I would give Matt Hasselbeck some love. Uh, okay. You know, he he's not a Hall of Famer or anything like that, and they didn't win one. Uh, but he, he was a good quarterback for a long time. He fit that Holmgren system. This is yeah. before Pete Carroll. Uh, I think they that, that worked very well, and that was a great trade for them. You know, he was backing up wearing Green Bay. This is when Green Bay was just pumping out backups, you know, Absolutely. Mark Brunel and Hasselbeck and all those guys. Absolutely. And he got his chance in Seattle and he did extremely well. So I would, uh, I give Matt Hasselbeck and the guy played forever too. He moved around. I think he was in Tennessee at the end, whatever, yep. but had a really good career, but I, I would throw him in there uh, for sure. You know, and then as far as not, not that we're doing coaches, but I mean, it would be Pete Carroll for me. Um, oh, no question. Yeah. They've had some great coaches. They had Mike Carroll up there. And Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren up there. But Pete Carroll definitely is at the forefront. That man's, what, 71, 72 years old, still going strong. Yeah. Running up and down the sideline like he's a kid. A great motivator of young men. Uh, Great coach. Great leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, no question. Pete Carroll makes it. Pete Carroll, you can put him on a list. No questions asked. Absolutely. All right, let's come back. Uh, I have a, a question in regards to a birthday today. I want to ask you about one of our birthday people and um, what their status should be. All right. So we'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about razor technology and particular disaster recovery, because the middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond. Restoring malfunctioning systems, rebooting complex servers, reconfiguring applications, bringing backups online and reauthorizing users all takes time and the longer it takes the more damage that a business is exposed to razor technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all their essential data razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice 
Depend on Razor Technology, your trusted IT managed service provider to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. segment of the show hey we'll be joined tomorrow Derek by Rob Motti of the Associated Press uh covers the 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 entire league including the Eagles Philadelphia guy uh initially he's uh, based in Tampa now but uh keeps up very closely with the Eagles so we'll talk to Rob tomorrow about all happenings in the NFL uh all right so a couple things uh, wait did you say Rob moved down to Florida yeah he's in the uh Tampa Clearwater area he's down what there. did that happen I didn't even know he moved a couple uh, two or three years Wow. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's down there now. So he's, he's, um, 
he's living the good life down there. So good for him. Uh, what us? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got some room in, in, in his, in his luggage. We could, we could sneak in. All right. So, uh, so a couple things. One, before we get to the birthday list, I'm going to, oh, I want to do one early before we get to the, to the full list. Cause I want to ask you a question off of it. Okay. All right. All right. Um, LaShawn McCoy birthday today. Shady McCoy is 35 years old. Yeah. All right. 35. Here's a question I have for you. Cause I had this debate with, uh, with Ruben Frank the other day on the, on the radio on WIP. Okay. Is he a hall of famer? Not Eagles. Is he a hall of famer in your estimate, a pro football hall of famer? Wow. I think it's a, it's a, it's a tough question. Numbers are darn good, man. I, I I would have, I don't know. At this stage, I would have to say no, to be honest with you. So, all right, let's look at a couple things here with him. Uh, He's over 11,000 rushing yards. Yep. 73 touchdowns is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of touchdowns. Four and a half yards per carry. Um, he's got a lot of receptions, 518 receptions for yep. almost 4,000 yards. Yep. So he was a dual, you know, dual threat for sure. He went over a thousand yards, one, two, three, four, five, six times in his career. Mm. Um, you know, it's a shame he's hurt a little bit by his last couple of years, Tampa and Kansas mm. city, his last two years, he was pretty much a shell of himself. But I, you know, I forgot he went over to Buffalo and he ran for um, 895 yards, 1200 yards, 1100 yards, and then mm. you know he tailed off a little bit in 2018. Uh, you know, the Eagles all-time rusher should should count for something, I think. But uh, yeah, I I think he's one of those guys who's right on the cusp. Tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I look I look at a running back like Fred Taylor. Over eleven, over eleven thousand six hundred yards rushing, not a Hall of Famer. Stephen Jackson, over eleven thousand four hundred thirty-eight yards rushing, not a Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, Corey Dillon, uh, all all ahead of Lashawn, um, not a Hall of Famer. I know, and Corey Dillon's been very vocal, of, you know, about not being yeah. in. Yep. Yes. You know, and not a Hall of Famer. So, yep. if those get, if those guys don't get in, how is Shady going to get in ahead of them? Uh. The answer is I don't think he does, uh, at least right now, unless that starts changing. I, I can see Shady maybe way down the road getting in, an, ex, an executive committee uh, voting in. Maybe. Uh, but I, what did Ruben seem to think? Ruben thinks he's got a good chance to get in. I don't. I think he's right on the border, but not – like we kind of had this discussion yesterday about Donovan. I don't think Donovan is. I think Donovan's on the outside looking in. I think Shady's right. on the outside looking in. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And okay. and look, w- would I be shocked, like you said, if, if if ten years from now a veteran committee votes him in? I wouldn't be shocked by it. But I don't. I don't. I don't think he gets in. Right uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I, his numbers are good, especially his pass catching numbers. I just yeah, very think, versatile running back. He could do yeah. it. There was he could do a lot. He was a good pass blocker. I don't think you can get him in before you get some of those other guys in. Yeah, I agree. A great pick too, second rounder. You know, yeah, you absolutely. In the second round, it was it was a. Second... Chip Kelly screwed it up. Right. Yeah, Chip Kelly ended up trading him. Uh, he cut Lashawn, uh, Deshaun, and and traded Lashawn. Chip, when Chip got that power, man, there was a lot happening. There was a lot going on. Uh, all right, so I just wanted to throw that value. All right, let's hit a couple other uh, birthdays here. 
Actress Michelle Rodriguez is 45 years old from a lot of the Fast and Furious movies. Great actress. Great, versatile actress. It's very, very good. Very intense. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wrestler, wrestler Brock Lesnar is yep. 46 today. Uh, Charlie Murphy, who passed away. Years ago. He was mm. great. He was uh, Eddie's brother who was in the Chappelle show. Uh, sadly died of cancer, but very funny guy, man. In his own uh, mm. Yeah. Charlie Murphy. Uh, Christine McVie from uh, Fleetwood Mac yep. passed away recently as well. Uh, she was born in 1943. Cheryl Ladd from the uh, Charlie's Angels uh, TV show, yeah. 72 yes. years old uh, today. Uh, Topher Grace, the actor who was in uh, that 70s show, is 45 years old today. Actress Rachel Brosnahan is 33 today. Uh, Milton Berle. Uh, comedian actor was born on this day, 1908. Um, Oscar Hammerstein, the the great conductor and uh, and writer, uh, was born in 1895. Uh, Louis B. Mayer, who was a, a producer and director back in the day in old Hollywood, was born on this day in 1884. He also, he also co-founded uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. That's right. That's yeah. absolutely correct. You are right about that. Yeah, he was a big player in Hollywood. Yes, he was. Uh, Christy Yamaguchi, the figure skater. Was was born uh, born on this day fifty two years ago, nineteen seventy one. Uh, Jay Thomas, the the actor, radio host, and comedian, passed away a few years back. Was born on this day, nineteen forty eight. Paul Silas, uh, the former NBA coach uh, back in the day, was born on this day in nineteen forty three. Uh, uh, Denise Nichols, uh, seventy nine years old. Uh, a- Andrew Wyeth was born in nineteen seventeen. Uh, what else do you have, Derek? Uh, let's see. Uh, you have Eric Carr, the drummer from Kiss, was born on this day in uh, 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, George George Eastman, uh, who was the inventor of Roll Films, and uh, also was the founder of Eastman Kodak, the Eastman Kodak Company. Oh wow! On this day in 1854, uh, Kristen Conley uh, from movies like Cabin in the Woods. Do you ever see that one? House of no. Cards, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin no. in the Woods is a good suspense movie. Okay. Forty-three on this day, uh, Natalie Martinez from CIS uh, New York is thirty-nine today. Uh, Joe Dorita, you know who Joe Dorita is? He, he was one of the uh, at the end when the the, the the Stooges replacements, right? He was he was yep. part of the Stooges. Yep. Yeah, when Shemp Howard died, they replaced him with a guy named Joe Besser. Okay, um, and eventually uh, Joe Besser, when the studio stopped making the short films left the group, and then when the studios decided to start again, um, Joe Dorita, who was doing stage in Vegas or somewhere, uh, he's from Philadelphia, by the way. Okay. Um, they picked him up, and he was the last one of the – I believe he was Curly Joe, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Yeah, he was uh, he, he was sort of the guy they were – when they, they couldn't like, – when they all had other issues, they, they finally yeah. went to him, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brooke Baldwin from CNN is 44 on this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Who else we got on the list? Uh, Jessica Barth from uh, the movies Ted and Ted 2, yep. 43. Uh, Lisa Nicole Carson from uh, ER, Allie McBeal and Devil, Devil in a Blue Dress. She's very talented. Good singer, very too. Talented. Yep. yep. Uh, Rick Hendricks, the owner for the NASCAR team Hendricks Motorsport, 74. Benny Parsons, another great driver back in his day, was born on this day in 1941. Mm-hmm. Eagles wide receiver Greg Ward, who can't find a niche with this team, is 28 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your favorites, I'm sure he helped you get in shape back in the day, Richard Simmons, 75 on this day. <laughs> and Bill Cosby, 86 today. 
Oh, Cosby's birthday too. Yep. Jeez. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Good. Good list there. All right. Let's do some birthdays. Um, we'll start 1989 when Harry met Sally. Uh, yeah, very, very movie. good. Very funny movie. Well, I'll, I'll have what she's having. You know, the, the famous line in the, oh, in the yeah. deli. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Point Break, which is one of the great campy kind of, you know, Keanu Reeves and Swayze and those guys. Yep. Uh, 1991, Grown Ups 2. I love the Grown Up movies. They're fun. I They're do funny. too. Uh, 2013 was the Grown Ups 2. Pacific Rim uh, from 2013. And yeah, yeah, it is a good movie. It is. Uh, Halloween Resurrection uh, from 2002. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and that crow. So any, any other movies to catch your eye? Yeah, one of my favorite gangster type movies, uh, Road to Perdition, is really oh, that good. That is a good movie. With, yeah. uh, I believe that's Tom Hanks. It is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, really good movies. The same. The ending is sad, but it's a good movie. So, yeah, it is. It is very good. And, uh, one called I haven't seen this one, but a lot of people like to call Point Blank. You had a Point Break and then Point Blank came uh, out in 2019. Okay, okay. Hey, I wanted to hit you with this. The NBA, I, and I like both of these. Uh, will have a they've approved it, and they will be instituting two new rules next year. All right, all right. So the first one is if if you're deemed flopping, they're going to give you a T now. You know, you know, guys, you get breathed on and they and they fall over like they've yep. been shot. So you get a technical for that now, which I love, by the Look way. Look out, James Harden. He was exactly. a master flopping. That's good. And this is good, too. If you challenge a play and you win the challenge, you get another one after that. The way it used to be in the NBA, you only get one no matter what. So yep. nobody would challenge anything early in a game thinking, yep. I, I just need this to have in my back pocket for later. Yep. Yep. Now, if you see something egregious in the second quarter, you're going to use it. Good. You get it right. You got another one. That's the way it always should have been. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I, glad, I'm glad they're rectifying it. You know, yep. now, better late than never. So I'm with you. Yeah. I applaud the, the NBA for that. They're both good moves on those. Um, and, and the other thing is just to get back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, not to gloss it over, but you know, the fact that Saquon Barkley is basically saying like, hey, guess what? I know you all think uh, I'm going to be playing week one. We don't get this thing taken care of. I could be sitting. I may not be playing week one. Now they're, they're uh, the 17th, which is five days from now is there is the deadline that they've instituted to get this thing done. So gonna be a challenge. Going to be a challenge. If, if, if I'm, if I'm uh, the giants and I understand they've got to make their stance, Saquon's going to make his stance, but we, we all agree in unison that if, if without Saquon, the giants don't make that, don't make the playoffs last year. If no. I'm the giants, when push comes to shove, and especially if you're trying to make significant games in that division to try to catch the likes of Dallas and the Eagles, I have to sit back and say, um, gentlemen, we open the season at home against Dallas. Then we have to go to Arizona and San Francisco. Then we have Seattle. Then we have Miami. Then we have Buffalo. Then we have Washington, the Jets, the Raiders, Dallas, Washington, New England. Do we really want to go through that entire 12-week stint without Saquon Barkley? Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, man, if I'm if I'm Daniel Jones, uh, you know, I'm I'm in I'm in the front office. I'm having a little conversation, like fellas, you, you know, you got to get me some help. I don't have great receivers here. All due respect, I, I got a tight end now in Waller, but you you can't take that from me. I need this guy. You so. you, you you get you got to unless they say Daniel, are you willing to give up some money? Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not giving him. I'm just saying you yeah. yeah let, let's yeah, not go yeah. that far. Yeah, yeah, let's not go that far. But but no, for real though. I mean, I I think that he like we were saying earlier, they're in a, he's in a position, a unique position where he not look every every good quarterback wants a running game, but this guy needs. Saquon Barkley there. He catches passes for you. He blocks for you. 
He can run the ball. He takes a lot of heat off of that. And look, I think Dable has a lot of say as he should. That's this is going to get done. I believe it. I, I really, I mean, I don't think for one second that the Giants and he, like, th- th- he's not sitting this thing out. I don't think, I don't think either team wants, either party wants that. Let me put it well, that way. You got, you got less than five days now to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. The 17th is coming up fast. I know. Yeah. You're, 12th, so, yeah. Yeah. You're creeping up on it, man. That's for sure. So that's a, that's a biggie. Uh, uh, elsewhere, NBA wise, uh, Ramona Shelbourne reporting that, that Harden still wants out. He's he's requesting, not demanding a trade. And uh, Dave McMenamin from uh, ESPN as well saying it's looking more and more likely that he's going to be back with the Sixers. So, so one entity saying he's requesting a trade. The other one said he's going to be back. Yeah, basically the reason McMenamin's reasoning is just like there isn't much else out there, and and it's you know it's just the way it's. Sixers aren't going to get any kind of, uh, you know, real good return for him. So he's that almost by default would be back. And either way, the situation's not good. Uh, so, somewhere along the line, Harden and his representation miscal- miscalculated the market value for him, yep. or the Sixers miscalculated what they could have gotten for him. And all of a sudden, everybody's turned off. Agreed. What the Sixers have been asking for him. And so, what happens? James Harden in the 76ers, here we are right now in a Bermuda Triangle, and it doesn't look pretty because if he comes here, you know stories are coming out. Oh, yeah. James Harden disgruntled. Is he playing it to the best of his ability? So on and so forth. You don't want to – when you're in, when you're in a, a catch-22 the way this team is right now, last thing you want to do is have all these outside stories being a distraction of what you're trying to do on the court, on the court especially with a new head coach at the helm. Well said. Well said. All right, we're out of time. I uh, want to thank Tone DeShields for the go. program. Good job, Tone. we got to go. want to thank all of you in the chat section. Hey, thank you, guys and gals. Hey. And thank you to all the everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, we're back tomorrow, same time. We are, we are looking forward to it. Don't go anywhere. You have three hours with Dan Cilio and the National Football Show. So, everybody, have yourself a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow, same time. Appreciate it. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.